Hey, it's uh, 31st of July of Aaron and Patricia. My name is Aaron. My name is Patricia. And uh, yeah, we're coming up on the show. We're going to talk to you more about uh, San Diego Comic-Con, more news and announcements. The canceled Sony Pictures animation film Popeye, directed by T- Gendy Tartakovsky, has its animatic leaked online. Uh, we're going to be paying tribute to David Warner, Paul Savino, and uh, Bernard Cribbins, who have all passed away this week. A classic Disney Channel animated series is going to be having a new season released exclusively from Dynamic Entertainment. BBC are in talks with MGM Studios about a particular 90s Saturday morning main event. We're going to tell you about that. Rumors that Google Stadium may be shutting down at the end of the year, but Google denies it. The Simpsons movie is celebrating its 15th anniversary. Steam, Epic, and other websites are now banned in Indonesia. Nickelodeon experience has been slammed by furious parents over quote-unquote rip-off prices and long queues. John Romero, the co-creator of Doom, is making a new first-person shooter. Dwayne Johnson's DC League of Super Pets has only grossed $25 million at the box office on open weekend. And as of today, according to Wikipedia, a famous Hanna-Barbera character was just born. You are listening to Aaron and Patricia on the 31st of July of 2022. So, Patricia, do you want to tell everybody what's going on on the Old School Lane podcast? Yes. So, we had just posted every single episode of Pix Minis on YouTube. We'll be posting up the episode of Lightyear that you and I had on YouTube in honor of Lightyear coming out on Disney+. So, yeah, Lightyear, I think everyone, I think, is probably very uh, interested in uh, our opinions, I think, in Lightyear, I think. And given the the, uh, very slow box office that it had and uh, just the uh, where, where it compares to we're turning red that appeared exclusively on Disney Plus. I think uh, I think we're going to be interested to hear what we have to say about that. So yes, absolutely. And if you're really, really impatient and you want to hear about our thoughts of it right now, then you can check it out on the podcast feed, which uh, you go over to Old School Lane on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, Amazon Music, um, Audible.com. So yeah, we got tons of podcast feeds that you can be able to listen to. And uh, also, Aaron and I are working on another project together, uh, something involved with the BBC Radio and looking at some selections involving what would be the ultimate animated music uh, song. So that's going to be really interesting. Yeah. Our top story. We are still gaining reaction from uh, San Diego Comic-Con 2022. Uh, A lot of news has been announced over the last week, and so uh, we're going to be covering it uh, over here right now. So, Patricia, what's the first thing that we're going to be looking at? Oh, yeah. So we got Dungeons & Dragons. Yes, uh, Dungeons & Dragons, which is a a huge popular game as well as um, spun off into various things. We're going to be talking about the new movie that's going to be coming out, Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, which will be coming out in theaters in March of 2023. And also, they showed off you know, some clips and some pictures of it, including an Easter egg, which is referencing the 1980s cartoon, which a lot of people are really excited about. Yeah. So, I mean, regards to Dungeons and Dragons, I mean, like, uh, it was something that I think we tried to get into, I think, uh, when we were younger, but uh, i got to be honest, I think uh, there was uh, there was just other, like, you know, easier things, I think, to do at that time, you know, uh, during during the 90s. So I think for, for me, you know, the Dungeons and Dragons craze, I mean, was definitely for the hardcore, but it wasn't for people like myself. Yeah, and I tried to get into it when I was in college because I had friends 
who were really into Dungeons and Dragons and they would say, hey, um, we're going to be having a Dungeons and Dragons session. And I would be like, okay. And I think I did one uh, about... Uh, almost a year ago. So Chris, a.k.a. Rowdy Seymour from TV Trash, uh, invited me over to a Dungeons & Dragons campaign alongside with our, our good friend uh, Jeff and uh, various other people. And yeah, it was it was pretty fun, even though I still didn't exactly have an idea about like how to create my character and, you know, having to roll dice and, oh, you know, I'm going to have this trait. I'm going to have that trait. Okay, if I'm going to roll this dice, this is going to be the situation that's going to be happening. We're going to go into this room, but this room has a trap. Or we're going to go into the cave and then all of a sudden a dragon appears. So I've had my toe dipped a little bit into Dungeons and Dragons just recently, but I'm still trying to get around it. And as for the animated series, as you guys know, I briefly covered it on my Media Hall of Fame, and I was discussing about four ways that fans were so integral to their favorite shows that they eventually became a part of it. So, uh, for those who don't know about the 1980s Dungeons and Dragons animated series, this was around when it was kind of becoming a little bit more niche, but just enough that people actually knew what it was. So the Dungeons and Dragons animated series only lasted for about a few episodes right before it was canceled. And then, um, they never finished the final episode. It was eventually um, posted up in a DVD extra where they had the voiceovers, but it was never animated. Well, uh, that was until uh, a fan project came together on YouTube, and uh, then they actually put the final episode together. And that's so, what I—that's yeah. what I talked about in my video. Yes, and uh, even the guys who um, did that fan project saw my video and were giving me thanks for it for you know highlighting something that they worked really, really hard on. So anyway, that's the animated series for you. Now, the movie. So, we've had our fair share of Dungeons and Dragons movies. One that came out in the 90s that really polarized people because it wasn't a Dungeons and Dragons movie. It was, like, really cheesy and over the top. I think it had Jeremy Irons as the villain or something. And then there was another Dungeons and Dragons movie that came out, I believe, almost 10 years ago. And then I think that there were talks of another one, but it was in developmental hell. And now we finally have some new information about it. And uh, according to the star, Roger Jean Page, he described it as it has wicked sense of humor. And, in, and it also features the cast's deep connections to the original game, the exactly what the heroes will be pursuing and how the team brought a once imaginary world to life. So if you want to see the trailer, then go check it out. Yeah. I just think with uh, with the original TV show that was in the 1980s, I believe it, I think it had two seasons, I think it yes, was. Yes, it did. It, it did have two seasons, but it never showed the final episode where um, there were supposed to... But again, to yeah, we've, we've, we've talked about yeah, that we as well. Yeah, we talked about but, that. But, but I mean, in regards to, uh, I mean, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons, I think, and also to keep this in mind, it's also been referenced in other cartoon shows as well. Like there's the Dexter's Laboratories episode where, you know, they... Uh, Maybe much made fun of Dungeons and Dragons in that yeah, regard, yeah, and Dexter yeah. being like an overbearing, you know, dungeon master in, in that. And then also, you know, where uh, Marcy in uh, Amphibia is also like, you know, a massive, de you know, uh, probably Dungeons and Dragons fan herself. Yes, so, she like, is. you know, she's, uh, so, I mean, like, it's been referenced definitely in uh, in our nostalgia and definitely modern cartoons today. So, it definitely still has a, a big, big following. And um, I think in regards to the movie, I mean, um, obviously, I mean, there's, uh, I mean, we, we talked about the Super Mario movie as well, like, you know, how badly that, that turned out, yes. I think, in, in that regard. So, but now that Illumination Studios and like, you know, Sigiro Miyamoto is involved in this. I mean, like, uh, how uh, much involvement would you say the Dungeons & Dragons, you know, uh, game producers themselves actually are involved in this? I mean, I that, think that's that. actually a really good question. I'm yeah. not sure if... Um, I, I know that um, the... 
the the person who is currently doing it is the son of the cre the co creator of Dungeons and Dragons. Like he's oh heavily, right, so it's it's, it's a Ghostbusters afterlife situation, pretty much. Yeah, something like that. But I don't know if he's involved in the movie. Like if he's like overwatching it and making sure, like, okay, I think that we're going in the right direction for this. Well, I think he, I think he should be because um. In my opinion, if you this is the thing, like if you're gonna do a uh, any, anything based on an intellectual property, I mean, like you know, you could walk up to the guy who created it and say, "Hey, how does this work?" You yeah. know, like um, instead of just letting Hollywood kind of just run around and say, "Well, let's get every celebrity we could think of, which is gonna like you know hit those hit those demographics and you know just tell some kind of like you know." Uh, Really, like, uh, you know, convoluted story, or like, you know, babies have no story at all, and basically throw a load of CGI graphics in it. Like, <laughs> you, know, just, you know, if uh, if they do this right, if they actually go up and ask, you know, people who created Dungeons and Dragons, hey, how would you go about doing this? And uh, then just give them something to work on, then, uh, you know, you could probably get a really good movie out of it. Absolutely. And, yeah. I, but, um, yeah, I think that, uh, um, I, I think G Gary Gygax's son. I think is like really involved in like the um, the watching over of everything, but I don't know again if he's part of the uh, if he's like watching over for the movie. But if he is, then that's great. But if he's not, then I don't know at this point. I mean, they already have the trailer out, which means that they probably already finished production. Yeah, I mean, like, well, we, 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 have we seen the trailer yet? I don't think we have. No, we seen, have not no, seen, the seen the trailer. The trailer but yet. the trailer is out. I've seen some stills, and like you know, it looks pretty. It looks pretty standard in regards to like you know a Dungeons fantasy movie. And, yeah, 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 Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, this yeah. is the thing as well. Like, uh, I mean, how much will Dungeons and Dragons stand out in like the fantasy genre I mean like you know given the fact that we've had you know we've gone all the way back to like Lord of the Rings like even when we went through Fantasy Month actually on, uh, on In Search of the Crystal Skull like you know mm -hmm. we've had a load of fantasy stuff since the 70s yeah. so like how I think the question I think they've got to ask themselves is how is Dungeons and Dragons going to stand out from all the other fantasy media that's out there right now exactly and, and yeah. especially and this is something that we'll cover a little bit later on but there is another well known franchise based off of a fantasy um, book that is going to be getting a TV adaptation from Amazon. And we'll talk about that in a moment. Okay. Um, other things actually we're keeping an eye on as well is that uh, you know it's been confirmed for Aquaman 2 that uh, Ben Affleck's Batman will be making an appearance. Okay, so Robert Patterson will not be coming into this movie. Yeah, from the looks of it. So uh, according to IGN, Ben Affleck will officially be making his appearance in Aquaman 2. Uh, Jason Momoa uh, confirmed the news and shared these photos with the pair together at Warner Brothers Studios. Wow, so, the DCEU is so confusing now. Well, so now there's like what two different Batmans? I mean, I, I know. Tech, I don't know. I mean, d does the Nolan trilogy count? Uh, I, I I'm not sure. I think it's basically just you know DC. I think it just this is the you know DC is not Marvel. No, I mean, it's like, not. Like, it definitely isn't. Like you know, at least with Marvel, they have care and attention to like you know the detail, like you know certain things. I mean, obviously you know there's Marvel fans themselves. You know, they, you know uh, discussing themselves by the you know the future of the of the, of the Marvel universe. But I think uh, in regards to DC, yeah, it's it's an absolute train wreck. It, it's a mess. I mean, like. I, we don't even know if uh, who knows what happens to Dwayne Johnson in the next couple of years. Is he going to continue to be Black Adam for like? You I know, have the DC no idea. When he's already like, you know, we're going to talk about DC Super Pets, you know, later on, and he's like, he's involved, like, you know, he's now what is it, Crypto the Dog or something like yeah, that? Yeah, Crypto now, the like, Super Dog. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, so not only if this is, you know, what's making sense in my mind, Dwayne Johnson is playing two characters in the DC universe, in sorry, in the Warner Brothers DC universe, right? Yeah, now. he's playing Black Adam and he's playing Crypto the Dog. Yes. Yeah, it's just, it's just it's bizarre. I I don't but, get it. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, speaking of um. Uh, fan going back into fantasy stuff again. So yes, we talked about this a while ago that Lord of the Rings was going to be getting an anime. Um, not an well, they are going to get an animated movie, but um, uh, they're I'm talking about the live action movie that uh, the live action series. That's what I'm going to say. Okay, so let me refresh myself again. So we know that um, Lord of the Rings is going to get 
an animated adaptation pretty soon. But right now we're going to be talking about the live action series that's going to be coming out on Amazon. And that is Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. They just revealed a new trailer uh, showcasing the creation of a Balrog alongside with other Middle-Earth goodness. We also get to see new footage of Galadriel, the formation of a cursed blade from Mordor, which appears to be Sauron himself. So, yeah, it is definitely taking place around where you would expect the books to be. But, yeah, um, I take it that this is, like, taking place, like, way before anything that happens in, you know, Lord of the Rings or even The Hobbit. So that should be really interesting. Yeah, like, I'm really glad. I, I've kind of laughed at, like, uh, I remember watching one of the trailers, like, one of the Lord of the Rings. I think that's going to be coming up so, yeah. you know, so soon. And, like, uh, they he's like, uh, oh, you know, uh, we were happy and, you know, we were glad. And then all of a sudden there's war. It's like, you know, like, you know, because we need to make some money. So we're going to make characters suffer. So, yeah, and yeah. they also confirmed that female dwarves are going to have beards. I imagine if that was a movie, like, you know, like here's a fantasy world, and uh, you know they keep thinking that they have peace, but then all of a sudden, like you know, some other shit breaks out, and then like they have this out of body experience where they see that oh, the reason why their world is so miserable is because you know there's a movie studio that like, controls it all and is uh, constantly you know making them miserable because they want to make money out of it and want to share it with other people. Yeah, like you know, it's like it's like it's, like, it's, it's, it's kind of like a, t- a spin on Hunger, get Hunger Games. Yeah, something though, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That'd be kind of crazy. Um, other news. I mean, like um, Funko Pops are making Funko Pops. And, uh, the Where's the amphibian owl house Funko Pops? Well, the Starfire Funko Pop is definitely there. So, uh, okay, that's cool, but I mean, I don't buy. I only own four Funko Pops, and they were gifts. Yeah. I own the um, Charlie um, Bucket from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I own Ickis from All Real Monsters. I own Mega Man, and I own Pinky from Pinky and the Brain. So. Yeah, if I were to, I, so I don't buy them, but if they did have an Amphibia and Owl House one, I will buy it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I want to go over some Disney stuff because there was a lot of things that were revealed, which is something that we talked about a while ago in Aaron and Patricia, but now we have more news. X-Men 97, which is the continuation of the classic 90s X-Men animated series. Um, it's got a release date of fall of 2023, and they're going to be bringing back Rogue, Beast, Wolverine, and the others, and it's going to pick up where the animated series left off. That, that's awesome, and uh, I'm actually really looking forward to this, because, you know, the 1997 X-Men, I think, was probably the d- definitive, uh, like, you know, Marvel. Well the, the, well, the one that came out in 94. 97 is the sequel. 97 is the sequel, but so even then, like, you know, the uh, I still remember, like, you know, the Marvel Action Hour, and, uh, yeah. you know, like, uh, that, that was, uh, X-Men was definitely something that everyone was looking forward to. Oh, yeah, I mean, there was on. X-Men, there was it's Spider-Man, the animated series. There was Iron Man as well. There Iron was the Hulk. Hulk as well, yeah. Like, Fantastic yeah, Four. Yeah. So I, think, I think some of the 90s, you know, Marvel uh, cartoon shows, I think are a bit underrated today. Like, you know, like I think people go actually go back and watch them. I mean, oh, yeah, they're based on the comics, of course. But, I mean, like... Yeah, but you know, I, I think the, the reason why is because they were heavily overshadowed by Batman the Animated Series and Superman the Animated Series. Exactly, yeah. And uh, I don't know, like, I think I think Batman, even I think Batman even outshines Superman, you know, a couple of times. Oh, yeah, yeah sure. Was, Batman it, it, overshines it, it Superman was, so yeah, much. Yeah, I mean, Batman was so so different compared to like you know we'll be talking about this probably later on in the show like the passing of the voice actor of Rachel Ghoul but you know like uh, um, you know Batman the animated series was just it had a different tone to it it had a different you know feel to it and uh, it wasn't like your other cartoon shows it was a cartoon show you could take seriously amongst yeah, all the other funny stuff that ex- was going on. exactly I mean think about like 
I mean, five years before we had Batman the Animated Series, we had Spider-Man and his amazing friends, and that juxtaposition is way different. Exactly, yeah. And so, so I think uh, the fact that Batman came along and basically changed the game, I think for a, a lot of other... Not like, only you know, changed the game, but set a new standard of what an animated show based off of a superhero should be. Exactly, yeah. And so, I think, you know, dare I say, with the exception of Batman Beyond and probably the exception of probably a few other ones, I think... Justice like, League, Justice League Unlimited, yeah. Young Justice, Teen Titans, yeah. Static Shock... I mean, like, depending on what Teen Titans you're probably going with, but, you know, like... <laughs> I didn't say Teen Titans Go. go. Okay. I, like I said, I only saw it once, also, if I'm not and that's it. If I'm not wrong, it was the Batman the Animated Series even made TMNT turn bad. Well, not bad, but, you know, turn serious. You yes, know? Like, we, yeah, we, we actually yeah. watched um, a video by someone who talked about when did TMNT die, and the n general consensus from fans was that when Batman the Animated Series came out on television... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles just looked hokey and cheesy, and then they decided, oh, we need to go serious, and that's why we had seasons um, eight and nine, oh no, seven, eight, and nine, and they called it the Red Sky season. Which made absolutely no sense, because all you did was basically rob the TMNT characters of their individuality. You basically gave us villains we couldn't really care all that much about, and, uh, you know, you just, it's a, uh, it was, um, I, I can't really compare it, I mean, I, the only thing I can really compare it to is when, uh, uh, wasn't there, like, um, a season of, like, uh, I think there was, like, Power Rangers, I think uh, they decided to, like, turn all the main characters into children then they were the alien rangers and like you know not all that many people were interested in that yeah yeah exactly and, and, yeah I, I mean they tried to appeal to you know ninja turtles to an older audience i mean ninja turtles the next mutation was essentially them being adults and them going through like dark and serious moments but at the same time they had goofiness as well so yeah i mean unless you're gonna try to lean over toward the comics like the 2003 version did yeah turning them into serious dark edgy turtles is not gonna work unless you know how to do it right so anyway x-men 97 so yeah, I think that at the end of the day, um, a lot of people have been really looking forward to this. And given the fact that we have now, it's been 25 years since the show ended. And, you know, there's been a lot of things that had happened in the comics. So picking up where the last uh, where the last um, episode left off in 1997, I think that they're probably going to like look into what was written in the comics in 1997. And we'll just see where it goes from there. Okay. Um, one thing I think I've got to be a bit critical about San Diego Comic-Con is that, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, I mean, uh, the, um, the the number of cases of COVID are currently oh, going yeah. up at the moment. And uh, I think uh, one um, person who actually attended Comic-Con said they actually uh, contracted COVID whilst they were there. So and and you know, also, we need to give a shout out to our friend Cassie. Oh, yeah, who uh, turned up at uh, the hotel at San Diego Comic-Con and unfortunately uh, tested positive and so was stuck there pretty much in a hotel, you know, until she uh, got tested, tested negative. Yeah. So, you know, it's been really hard, hard for her. So, you know, shout out to uh, Cassie. But, uh, you know, it was other people as well. I mean, that's one thing I was critical about. Like, some people, like, even, like, sending, showing, sending uh, screenshots on their phones uh, on Twitter saying, like, you know, look, we, you know, we're, we're, we're in an area where now they're saying that it's possible, you know, we've been potentially, you know, exposed to COVID. Yeah, in, in fact... If we wanted to, Aaron and I, we were going to go to a convention ourselves. Manchester Comic Con is happening right now. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of great people over there. Jody Benson is over there. The 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 four kids from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. There's a lot of cool people who are cosplaying and stuff like that. But we decided to go against the idea because we didn't want to contract COVID ourselves. Well, I mean, like, yeah, unfortunately, the uh, the cases currently are rising at the moment. And uh, that's uh, We made a decision. We made a judgment call of whether we thought this was a good idea to actually do or not. And uh, given 
the fact that the amount of cases are currently rising, you know, uh, right now in the country, we did we thought, no, this is probably not a good idea for us to do. So here we are doing an episode of the show in the studio like we would normally do. Exactly. So yeah. So uh, next thing we want to talk about is uh, more Disney news. So Chibiverse, which is the newest show that Disney Channel is airing. Um, they actually just released their first episode on YouTube and on Disney Now. And then I started looking up some information that apparently they did air on TV, but there were some serious glitches that happened. Yeah, I mean, like, in regards to um, Chibiverse, I mean, like, I saw the intro, and, uh, I mean, it, it kind of had a bit of an Animaniacs feel to it when I was watching it. Yeah, and, I did, uh, yeah. and I was I was looking up to see, hey, did the you know did Randy Rogel write the theme song for this? And it turned out, no, it was uh, Rob Cantor, who's currently doing the, the, the music for Ghost and Molly McGee, and um, Dan Siegel, who uh, you may know uh, for uh, various voiceover and writing and directing and stuff like that. So they, they wrote the theme song. And yeah, it did give me like a bit of an Animaniacs feel to it. And according to the director of Chibiverse, uh, she said that they were heavily inspired by House of Mouse, which uh, for those who don't know, House of Mouse was a animated series on the Disney Channel around the 2000s where it featured all of the Disney characters gathering together in a nightclub and Mickey is the uh, the one in charge of it and they basically just watch classic, well, at the same time, modern contemporary versions of classic shorts that would be aired around the 30s and 40s and... We get to see, you know, Mickey, Donald, Goofy, Minnie, and Daisy trying to run this club and making sure that everything is under control under the strict leadership of Pete. Mm. And, uh, you know, but House of Mouse definitely was brilliant, I think we definitely yes. say. And, and, and it's well, still not up on Disney+. Plus. Come on, Disney, give it to us. I think eventually they'll get there. But uh, I think, I mean, it took them a while to get Tailspin up there. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. So I think in regards to, uh, you know, uh, Chibi-verse, I'm interested to see um, what, uh, you know, we've seen some clips already. And it looks like they're going to be, uh, because the uh, Chibi-verse, now I could be wrong, but I, I, from the shorts that I've seen, it looks like it was supposed to be like physical comedy, physical humor, things like that. Yes. And uh, it was supposed to be kind of like, you know, these little shorts that would happen. And so... So uh, whether it doesn't look like they're actually going to be keeping that format from the looks of it, I think it looks like they're going to be doing like you know proper full-on episodes. Yeah, yeah, pro proper full-on episodes with voiceover because the original shorts didn't have talking whatsoever; they just relied on physical comedy. I, I think they should have kept that, in my opinion. Like you know, I think they should have had like, in my opinion, they should have made it where it's like you know, five minutes shorts, you know, where just physical comedy, like you know, but back in the days of Tom and Jerry, like you know, when, when was the last time we had a cartoon like that? Um, uh, the Tom and Jerry series that's currently up on HBO Max. Well, well, yeah, but besides Tom and Jerry, who else is doing that right now? Like, uh, you know, oh, yeah. Exactly, mm. yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I think you know, something like that, like, you know, that, uh, you know, Chibi-verse, I thought could probably bring to the Disney lineup, you know, where you just have, like, you know, the old-fashioned, you know, cartoony, you know, um, physical humor uh, and, uh, you know, all, all, the, all the shenanigans and things like that. I think that mm -hmm. would have been a pretty cool thing to do, but uh, it looks like they're going to be talking. It looks like they're going to be, it's going to be narrative-driven episodes from the looks of it. So, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I think the way they looked at it and said, well, maybe we can't carry this for a season, so we'll have to do something different i don't know i don't know either but at the end of the day it's already up so if you're interested in checking it out then it's up on the disney channel youtube channel or you can check it up on disney now mm -hmm. um so yeah i mean like uh, i'm just giving an eye like on the um 
the updates of, uh, of oh Rick and Morty, yeah. So Rick and Morty is going to be having its next season coming out. Yeah, and uh, I mean, like uh, from what I understand, apparently the episodes are getting good again. From uh, from what uh, stuff I've never seen me. Rick and Morty again. Like you know, well Rick and Morty. I mean, I dropped off after about probably like you know a couple of seasons, and, uh, and then after that, like uh, like fans were complaining that you know and uh, uh, that it wasn't all that great, and now all of a sudden it's uh, starting to come come back again. So yeah, uh, apparently, apparently there's one of the greatest. Actually, said he wasn't happy with like the last season. He said he wanted to do something better with the next season. So, mm. yeah. I guess it makes a lot of sense because I mean Dan Harmon has been involved with like a ton of other projects. So is Justin Roiland. In fact, Dan Harmon is working on an NFT animated series. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, okay. Whatever. Anyway, uh, but I mean, yeah, uh, I think that at the end of the day, um, I think that from what y- you've heard, maybe they're getting things back on track. And um, yeah, Rick and Morty is going to be coming out with its sixth season pretty soon, and uh, we'll see how that turns out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, as well as, uh, you know, Funko seems to be, like, really on tweeting at the minute because uh, they're announcing that, uh, you know, uh, just 10 hours ago they announced that they're having the... the original Dragon Ball Z Goku uh, figurine. Oh, well, I mean, it's not too surprised. In addition to not only showing off announcements, they also have toys over there because they have a ton of Transformer stuff over there as well. And also they have, um, you know, video games. Like, for example, Multiverse. You remember DC trying, uh, Warner Brothers and DC trying to cap off of Super Smash Brothers. So they just revealed two new characters, LeBron James and Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty. So, yeah, going back to the Rick Rick and Morty thing. Rick makes sense. LeBron James doesn't make sense. I mean, it, it does make sense because guess what? He was on the new Space Jam movie. Yeah, but, yeah, but like, uh, he was only like in one. I mean, if you asked to ask me who, who would I rather have, Rick Sanchez or LeBron James, I guarantee you'd be like, this is like, this this gives me Shaq Vu vibes, basically. Um, yeah, you're much. right. This does give me sh- yeah, You know what? Th- this is something that Sakurai would have never done. First of all, um, you know, including like realistic people in it as opposed to like, you know, in video games. And also, I, I know that this is well, like. Isn't LeBron James based on his like his cartoon persona? Yes, it is based off of his cartoon persona. I mean, you know, this is the same guy who wouldn't allow SpongeBob or Goku from you know into Smash Brothers because he felt that those were not the right properties to include them in Smash Brothers. That that character from uh, from uh, Dungeon Dungeon Heart, sorry, not Dungeon Heart, Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts, sorry. You know, uh, yeah, I think Sora. Sora, Sora, yeah, I think uh, he was like he was like the uh, the compromise. I think you could say of like. I mean, I could I could accept it with the fact that he was in a few um, uh, GBA and DS games. I can understand that, that why they can they can say, oh, we find it justifiable that Sora can be inside of Super Smash Brothers because not only has he been in a few Nintendo properties, I, I, think, I think even Kingdom Hearts 3 is on the Switch, I think. But also, in addition to that, but... Um, I mean, with, the, with the, um, you know, LeBron James from his appearance in Space Jam: A New Legacy, I just find it to be weird. Yeah, I find it to be weird. So, yeah. Um, other things we keep an eye on at the minute: uh, Shazam: Fury of the Gods also dropped a fresh trailer as well. So, um, mm-hmm. I think uh, the uh, I think um, the uh, Shazam I think is going through like an identity crisis or something. Like that, I think. Uh, yeah, probably. Bit, so, yeah, that's uh, something that's also. Uh, to be noted of as well, and uh, also uh, there was um, Daredevil. Yeah. There's uh, Daredevil? Uh, yeah, there's going to be a Daredevil series on Disney Plus, which a lot of people are really excited about because Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio as Daredevil and Kingpin, respectfully, were unanimously unanimously praised on their Netflix series. And then because of the Disney buyout, the Netflix series got canceled, and people were like really wondering about you know what are we, what's going to happen with Daredevil. 
Daredevil. And so now they're bringing Daredevil back and a lot of people are really happy about it. And there's going to be a new Spider-Man animated series called Spider-Man Freshman that's going to be out on Disney+. And it will feature Charlie Cox as Daredevil because, as you know, Spider-Man and Daredevil, um, they have the same antagonist, which is the Kingpin. Mm-hmm. Um, just another thing to uh, speaking of TMNT uh, like we were talking about before um, the rise of the TMNT the movie coming out August 5th so just going to give you an eye on that so, mm-hmm. yeah. yep uh, I yeah that's the one with uh, Seth Rogen as one of the executive producers yeah Oh, interesting enough, like, uh, even though uh, Ozzy Osbourne's going to be going through some health issues recently, he actually did a Comic-Con to sign some, sign some stuff, so. Yeah, that's right. And also, let's go over briefly with some Nickelodeon stuff. I mean, trust me, we'll we'll get into the bad stuff in a minute. But <laughs> anyway, Avatar Studios. So remember the, uh, the rumor that we talked about before Comic-Con happened, where the three movies that they were going to be pitching was one about... Kiyoshi, one about Zuko, and the other one about Korra. Well, so far, the first movie, that has been debunked because they had just revealed that the the next Avatar movie, the first one, is going to be about Aang, and it's going to be featuring them as young adults. And yeah, that should be really interesting because um, that should be like a nice um, tie-in with what happened between Avatar and Korra. So if it follows up with the comics in which when Aang and Zuko are struggling to make peace amongst the nations because they're still angry with the Fire Nation about all the war that's been happening and all of the turmoil and stuff like that, I would love to see that. That'd be great. Yeah, I think uh, you know if you're gonna start like an Avatar, you know, if you're gonna be like re- you know bringing back Avatar movies, I mean, the first person you gotta go back to is Ang. I, I guess that is true. Ang yeah. is the big character in all this. I mean, let's say Zuko himself is not interesting. Like, and, 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 and I guess if you want to, you know, say, oh, but Kyoshi would have been great because she follows up before Ang and even before Roku. Well, I think what you would do is, I think in this situation, is that you would probably release the Ang movie first and uh, see how well that does, and then if that does well. Well, then go to Kiyoshi. There you I go. Think, yeah. that, 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 problem solved. Yeah, so it's going to be about Aang, and it's going to be taking place years after the series ended. So that's all we know, and I'm sure that there'll be some more information coming up really soon. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, anything... Uh no, I think that's, uh, I mean, there's there's a few other bits and pieces, like Dragon Ball Super Superhero, which is the newest Dragon Ball Super film. That's the third of it. After Dragon Ball Super, uh, no, no, it's uh, Dragon Ball Super Broly. Yeah, because Dragon Ball Z Resurrection F was um, still Dragon Ball Z. So, yeah, this is their second one. So, Dragon Ball Super Broly, and then Super Superhero, which is basically about Gohan and Piccolo on their journey to becoming the most powerful being on Earth, and then the Red Ribbon Army is going to be returning after, you know, the likes of Dr. Jiro and um, Androids uh, 16, 17, 18, and then Cell coming about. So, now we have the Androids coming back, and then we have the Gammas, and... We have uh, Gohan coming into his own after, well, I mean, I know a lot of people have had their issues with Gohan saying, like, why isn't he a fighter? But here's the thing, like, if you know about the character of Gohan, he's never he was never a fighter. He fought because he needed to help defend the Earth, and he needed to fight alongside with his father when all the adversaries came about. So I know a lot of people were, like, really upset with Dragon Ball Super ever since that he decided to become a 20-something-year-old scholar and focus on taking care of his wife and his daughter, and they're like we want to see the badass Gohan that we saw in the Boo Saga from Dragon Ball Z, and I'm like, no. Yeah. But yeah. now you finally are going to be able to see it, everybody. I hope you're happy. Okay. Um, 
Well, um, here's a, a standard thing I think you'll probably see at Comic-Con, and that's Star Trek. Uh, oh, so, yeah. yeah, Star um, Trek. Yeah, so uh, one announcement that came out of the Star Trek, uh, at least on day one, was uh, that IDW announced a new series uh, for uh, for Star Trek. So yep. uh, they said that uh, uh, the upcoming comic, uh, Star Trek number one, uh, is going to uh, basically follow the crew uh, composed of uh, fan favorites, uh, captained by none other than uh, Benjamin Sisko. Um, yeah, uh, Benjamin Sisko, who was the captain of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. And returns to, for, for his time with uh, the uh, Bajan Prophets, uh, aided by uh, Dr. Claire Beverly uh, Crusher and Data, uh, as well as uh, several new uh, characters uh, for who have been returning your favorites. Uh, can Cisco stop the new and powerful threat? Uh, well, I mean, it's Star Trek, so I think I probably imagine he's probably good. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that Cisco is able to come back because in Star Trek Prodigy, which is the um, animated series from Nickelodeon, uh, they have Mulgrew, uh, you know, I mean, Captain Janeway, I'm sorry, Kate Mulgrew plays her. Anyway, so Captain Janeway is, is featured in the show. So I'm glad to see Cisco coming back because we have Picard, which is the uh, Paramount Plus series, which is focusing on Jean-Luc Picard in his old age. And, uh, and for those who are wondering about William Shatner, well, um, oh boy, so... Yeah, there's been a few things about William Shatner, especially with what happened in Comic-Con, but we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Um, also, uh, some cosplays also to, uh, to make a note of as well. Uh, Danielle Claire, a professional cosplayer, she went as Barbie this year. So, uh, oh, yeah, all, that's, all that's pink, right. as you can probably imagine. Uh, yeah. Because t- t- what a color <laughs> with Barbie. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> it's it's Barbie. What do you expect? <laughs> but she nailed it down to a T, I think. Uh, we oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks, looks great. looks great. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and also, um, yeah, I just think, like, you know, Comic Con this year, I mean, like, uh, they didn't disappoint, in my opinion. Like, you know, they've given us a lot of stuff to actually, you know, be, you know, to, be happy about it. And lots of stuff we can still talk about over the next couple of years. So, you know, the next couple of months or so, sorry. You know, like, you know, obviously next year is going to be uh, San Diego Comic Con 2023. Yeah. And uh, we'll see where that goes with that. And so... Um, While you look for yeah. the next thing, I need to talk about what Shatner had talked about. So, yeah, Shatner was in a massive uh, Q&A and he revealed... Um, that he was going to be doing a definitive documentary with fan-funded Legion M. So you can go check out the bits and pieces of the trailer. Anyway, so there were some questions regarding about how do you feel about Star Trek right now? And he said this, and I quote, I got to know Gene Roddenberry in three years fairly well. He will be turning in his grave at some of the stuff. And... Um, then he was saying about like, you know, the newer generations of the show that, you know, none of them can be able to rival his own, which by the way is bullshit. Um, I mean, if the, here's the thing, the original Star Trek has its charm. I mean, sure. don't, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, it's funny, like, uh, I was going to get my, I went to the barber, you know, I going to get my hair cut, uh, recently. And so, you know, uh, funny enough, Star Trek was actually on, the original Star Trek was actually on the TV while I was getting my hair cut. Yeah. And like, you know, it was like, uh, he was very embarrassed having it on the TV. He's like, oh, you know, like, you know, all the, all the music and all the things like that. It's like, you know, it's like it's, it's got a charm to it. And so yeah, we yeah, kind of yeah. added along with that. Yeah. yeah so this, this generation, I mean, this, unfortunately, um, with William Shatner, like, you know, this generation of, uh, of people who are like now exposed to Marvel, now exposed to DC for better or worse, uh, then exposed to like all this other stuff. And then like, you know, you have Star Trek. I mean, unfortunately for, for William Shatner, he's just, he's, uh, he will always have his original fans. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Yeah, but I will. think this new generation of fans wants something different and they want something 
fresh. Exactly. Unfortunately, you know, William Shatner can't provide that. You know, like no, it's he, just, I mean, I, unless if, if unless Paramount Plus, you know, goes over to Shatner and say, hey, you know, Picard is doing really, really well. Let's bring, let's come over and let's see if we can do a series on Kirk about what he's doing in his old age. But at, at this point in time, I don't see that happening. So, I mean, yes, I would say that uh, it's kind of funny. I, I like to quote something from Wayne's World in which he was saying like, you know, it's it's like Star Trek, the next generation. In many ways, it's superior, but it can never live up to the original. Now, I can understand the context of that because that was like around the early 90s when Star Trek was still, uh, Star Trek The Next Generation was still trying to fight its footing. A lot of people would say that the first three seasons of Next Generation is awful, which it is. Then it only gets up to like season four to season seven, in which it starts getting really, 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 really good, and it surpasses the original in so many ways. And then... As I mentioned um, before, that Deep Space Nine was a show that a lot of people felt was inferior to Next Generation. But as time went on, a lot of people loved it and say it's just as good, if not even better, than Next Generation. And then Voyager, um, it has its followers. And I, I, think, I think a lot of people were feeling like, oh, it just tried to like copy off of the original a little bit with them being lost and then trying to find themselves back home very similar to the original and with, uh, well, with Next Generation, that's what I meant to say. So, uh, because the original was about them traveling to different parts of the world and exploring and trying to find out more information about them and, you know, trying to bring peace and trying to bring, um, you know, intelligence and knowledge over to the other planets. And um, I think what, um, you know, Shatner was referring to in terms of like, you know, the, the stuff of today is not the stuff of the, as it was before. Now, if I were to say about like the new J.J. Abrams Star Trek, I can completely see where he's coming from because... Um, there's a lot of people who are huge fans of Star Wars, and there's a reason why. Star Wars is a huge, vast universe filled with characters and filled with a lot of iconic moments and a lot of action. Star Trek is not about action. It's about deep philosophical discussions, and it's about integral, um, you know, um, you know, knowledge and trying to bring in, you know, more diversity into people. I mean, that's why the original Star Trek worked the first time. But, you know, trying to bring, like, more action into it. I mean, a lot of Star Trek fans were really upset about the fact that now the J.J. Abrams films were turning into Star Wars. But, I mean... I, I can see from a different perspective about like, oh yeah, this is how, you know, new generations of Star Trek fans would be coming in. And as for Prodigy and Star Trek Discovery, um, those shows have really, you know, captivated a lot of people. Like Discovery is the newest of the incarnation of Star Trek. And, you know, my dad's been watching it and he's been really enjoying it and he's been enjoying Picard as well. And as for Prodigy, you know, the, an animated series from Nickelodeon, which they haven't done an animated series of Star Trek since the 80s. And I've been hearing a lot of good things about it so yeah so Shatner I think he's like grumbling like an old man saying like uh, none oh, of the because others because he, he is an old man I mean, like, well, I mean like uh, like a really grouchy old man like get off my line kind of thing it's like you know except the other generation Shatner seriously I mean you were able to come in just fine with the other Star Trek movies where you were pairing up with Picard so I, I can guarantee you I think unfortunately with the old school sci-fi uh, you know uh, heavyweights I think uh, that were back in the day you know even, even George Lucas probably has his uh, for thoughts oh, oh speaking of which oh, okay. <laughs> where, he was, where he was talking about uh, where Shatner was talking about what are your thoughts on Star Wars and he said 
Fuck Star Wars. Well, um, yeah. But, uh, I mean, in regards to, um, you know, unfortunately, the, you know, the, 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 this is a genre that's not going to keep, you know, staying still. It's going to keep moving forward. Yeah. And, uh, you know, whether you like the direction or not, this like the generation, this is the, uh, the direction that it's going in, it's going to continue moving forward uh, and it's going to leave these people behind. And unfortunately, I mean, like, you know, se- you know, decades down the line, you know, you know, and I'm sorry this sounds really morbid and everything like that, but, you know, William Shatter and all the, you know, uh, all the old, old People, all the Star Trek, you know, uh, people who are involved with it, people who are fans of it, you know, they're all going to basically get old, or they're going to like, you know, pass away and leave leave this earth. And if, uh, there's going to be uh, the gener- there's going to be going to be the current generation of Star-, Star Trek fans who are going to appreciate, you know, what is basically for them. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just what happens. Yeah, you know? I mean, of course, and and I don't want to see Star Trek being like what it was in the early to mid two thousands, in which it just kind of died off. I can see an animated uh, series of that being done couldn't, couldn't you of, like, of what like, like, well, the, of, like the original Star Trek like you know uh, like well, they already they already did that in the 80s oh uh, uh, well no I mean like you know um, not like you remember when they did uh, you remember when Adam West like one of his last uh, roles before he passed away was uh, doing the animated uh, oh version. yeah, yeah the, the do, movie yes do, do, doing something like that I could see them doing something like that but I mean like uh, the uh, Star Trek of old like you know uh, unless you know they were like doing a parody or making fun of it in some straight, in some way you know like, remember when James Rolfe did the, uh, the Star Trek game uh, episode like you know back when he was first doing it yeah and yeah. like you know and like he you could see he was just you know he was doing like mocking i called the uh all, all the action yeah yeah exactly like throwing himself had, into um, walls and stuff like yeah that. yeah he, and he had a uh, mic dressed up as a klingon and exactly uh, yeah you know, he was dressed up as a um james was dressed up in the uh the yellow shirt which means that he was like taking like uh, commands of like driving kind of like sulu and uh check and then afterwards uh you know he was just talking about the games and he was like talking like this techno babble like they would in the show yeah exactly unless attitudes change unfortunately the, the you're not going to see that star trek again it's just it's going to be a, it's a product of its time exactly yeah. yeah so i mean they try to um you know they try to do that little bits and you know here and there but at this at the most part yeah it, it's not going to be the same i mean sure you have like little homages here and there like we mentioned before that you know they they were able to bring back the original crew in you know a few of the star trek movies when you know next generation was really really popular but unfortunately when you're talking about like oh l- let's just have it the way it was back in the day in which like you know we got like um you know classic examples of like you know we have a group of people and they're wandering into space and then they just got lost and you know they need to find themselves back home well they already did that in voyager and you know voyager was pretty good in its own right but you know it uh, it was you know a lot of people felt that voyager was a little bit inferior compared to the likes of um you know Deep Space Nine and Next Generation. Oh, by the way, I was uh, talking before about uh, one of the uh, panelists being infected with COVID. It was actually uh, George R. R. Martin, who, uh, you know, according to Wiki, Wiki of Thrones, who unfortunately uh, came down with coronavirus. So, Ooh. Yeah, like, um, so um, unfortunately, we, we, we wish him well and yeah. uh, speedy recovery. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, you know, like, um, this is another thing, like, you know, it's, it's a risk, unfortunately, you know, where people are going to have to keep taking. And also, if, um, you know, if younger generations are going to be turning around and saying, well, you know, this might be a chance I might be getting COVID, so I'm not going to go there anymore, I feel likely it is, you know, the attendance record's going to end up dwindling because of this. Uh, so, like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not great. 
But, uh, I mean, putting that aside, I mean, uh, again, like, you know, because I think Comic Con, I mean, gave uh, definitely everybody something to where you definitely be, uh, yeah, be happy about. Yeah, I mean, about. a lot of people I, are... I mean, I mean, the only people, I think, I mean, well, was Nintendo actually a presence at San Diego Comic Con this year? I don't think they actually, I don't think they had any, like, a presence there, because you would have thought, that would have been a place where, you know, like, uh, if they really wanted something to show something about the Mario movie, you would have thought that like, San Diego Comic Con... That would have been, been a perfect of... opportunity, but nope. They no. probably would have done it in their own Nintendo Direct. I mean, but here's the thing, like, you know, if um, if the rumors going around about that test audience are still, like, you know, where they are, and uh, that they still had some, still going, like, through, like, all the reactions of, like, what, uh, you know, they saw, and uh, they're still, like, fine-tuning it for what they did for the test audience, then I think probably, yeah, there might be still be a while until we can actually have Yeah, a to long say, while. You know. And to close things off, hey, everybody, do you want to have the Infinity Stones in real life? Well, you can. All you need to do is just a small payment of $25 million. Have you seen the, um, have you seen the meme of uh, there was uh, someone found a, uh, a Chancellor with like the Infinity Stones, like, you know, were built into it. And uh -huh. uh, so, yeah, and it shows like uh, the, it shows like a, a woman holding up uh, the uh, Chancellor and like this kid's kind of like, like, you know, saying, I don't feel so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. The Infinity Chantler. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so, um, well, that's San Diego Comic-Con. That's as uh, much as we can really uh, plow into this, uh, you know. It was we, a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. And, uh, you know, if there's anything that we've skipped over, you know, just let us know and uh, we'll probably talk about it in a later show. Yeah, so. we will. Yeah. Moving on. Um, so, Popeye, um, the Sony animated movie that just will never die. It will just constantly, <laughs> constantly get to talking about. But now, um, we, uh, probably a couple of days ago, uh, some test footage leaked of yes. uh, Popeye. You know, uh, not to say we haven't seen, you know, what it already would look like. I mean, we've, we've seen concept art. We've seen concepts of it as well. And also, we've seen, there was that uh, short that they did as well. Yes, like, they did. So they, 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 that stuff exists. So uh, more test footage got leaked out, and Sony Pictures was not happy because, uh, right as of this right now, this video contains a concept from Sony Pictures uh, movies, uh, shows, and has been blocked on copyright grounds. Yeah, <laughs> but don't worry, you can still watch it if you go over to the Internet Archive website, which they downloaded shortly after this was posted. Yeah. So you've seen this. Um, so. I've seen, like, uh, the, the, the archive uh, website actually have it, but I haven't, like, w sat down and watched all 87 minutes Well, unfortunately, they took it off YouTube, so I had not a chance to see it either. But, I mean, like, uh, this is the thing. Like, people really want to see this. And the uh, same thing happened with the Jungle movie, like, you know, a while back ago. Back in 2020, back in uh, 20, uh, 2012, uh, Brent Forrest, I think, uh, who was the um, one of the, um, uh, I think, animators that was there at the time, yeah. actually had test footage of... Of uh, the Jungle movie and actually leaked it out online. Yes, he did. Yeah. And uh, we even talked about that in the history of Harold the Jungle movie, where uh, when Brent Forrest posted it up online in 2012, a lot of people were like really excited. And then they asked Craig, wow, you know, is the Jungle movie still going to happen or are we going to finally see this in the movie? And he's like, no. Mm, exactly. So it was the same as like when those, uh, when, um, Remy Musquiz um, put uh, the, um, uh, the, the animatics. animatics as well. Oh, like he actually put up the storyboards. Uh, actually, yeah, he as well. put up the storyboards, and then somebody online did an animatic of you know compiling all of them together and him doing the voiceover himself. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I think um, you know uh, this, is, uh, this movie. People still are like holding on. I mean, I highly doubt like at this point. Like you know, where uh, Zara Goski is obviously moving on to do other projects with Warner Brothers. Yeah, well, we, we already so, talked I, about that. He's doing Primal, and um, you know he's doing. His his next film, which we did talk about in Aaron and Patricia a while back. Exactly. So, I mean, like, he, he's, he, I think he's moved on from Popeye at this point. Yeah, like, I'm, he's I'm, I'm, moved on. Yeah. And um, according to, um, you know, uh, various interviews, they were saying that 
um, you know, when he, they finally did a test screening of it, everybody was really happy with it. And King Features, which owns the rights to Popeye, were really happy about it, too. But then this was around the time in which the Sony hack happened. Everybody remembers about the Sony hack in which all the PlayStations were hacked. And, you know, nobody well, no, were, the PlayStation Network was hacked. Yeah, the PlayStation Network was hacked. But, it, you know, it's owned by Sony. But you know, anyway, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the Sony. Uh, yeah. So PlayStation was hacked and a lot of things were happening. And, you know, he wasn't uh, Gendy heard nothing. And then finally, he went to meet up with the um, executive of Sony Pictures Animation. And she said, look, um, uh, I just want to let you know, Gendy, that we love you, but we just don't like Popeye. And yeah, King Features is and Sony are still developing a Popeye movie, but it's not the one that Gendy is involved. Yeah, like, um, I'm interested to see what this other Popeye is going to be like. I mean, I I'm sure, uh, trust me. It's going to be a very similar to another Metroid 2 remake and Metroid Samus Returns all over again. Um, uh, well, well, we'll see. But, I mean, like in regards to... Um, I mean, it kind of gives me... I'm trying to think what, uh, what vibes you're going to get. I mean, there was... Um, before you were Metroid Prime, I was thinking about something else. But, uh, uh, but I think... I mean, let, let, let's see what this Popeye movie is going to bring, first yeah, of all. Yeah, because, like, I, I mean, mean, if uh, this movie is going to be the inferior project and then we had a what could have been with Gendy's Popeye, oh, man, a lot of people are going to be pissed. There's going to be YouTube videos for that for Yes. Yes. Saber yeah. Spark is going to be talking about it. Animat's going to be talking about it. Everyone will be talking, everybody will be talking. Everybody will be talking about it. Exactly. Yeah. The, the, the missed opportunity that was, you know, uh, Tarakovsky's, you know, Popeye. You know, like uh, the guy who brought us Samurai Jack, the guy who brought us Primal, the guy who brought us various other, you know, uh, Dexter's Laboratory, and like you know all, all the other shows. Yeah. You know, uh, they had him. They had a really great idea, and then they just bounced it off. And like, yeah, it, this is this is very similar to when they actually had George Romero going to work on the first Resident Evil movie. And then they were like, we don't like it. You're fired. And then they brought Paul Anderson to do it. And those movies sucked. Uh, yeah. Mike, uh, I don't know anybody who is a fan of the Resident Evil movies. Nobody. Nobody is. Yeah. Unless I mean, come oh. on. Why would you fire George Romero, the guy who invented the zombie genre with the dead series? What are you thinking about? Come on. Just seriously, Konami. Yeah, like unless you're the unless you're Slipknot who did the soundtrack for them. So like you know, uh, besides that, I think you know nobody else. Wait, wait, wait. Why am I saying Konami? I meant Capcom. Capcom, yeah. Yeah, seriously, Capcom. What the hell? Yeah, exactly. So, um, but uh, you know, again, I just think that's uh, with. Uh, I mean, people still do want to see a Swap by movie. Like, uh, actually, there was also kind of like, uh, did you see the? Um, uh, um, they did like the Sinbad. Uh, uh, no, they, well, certainly themselves didn't do it, but someone actually released on YouTube. Like, they did like the 4K. Uh, uh, oh like yeah, it was it was a like Popeye the, with us, you know, Sinbad, yeah. Yeah, Sinbad, yeah, so uh, um they, yeah, that that 4K is like wow, like it is so smooth exactly, the way yeah. that it's going. It's like you have this short that came out around the 30s and 40s with 4K and it is just that smooth when he goes inside into I, the cave. I, I actually watched that on my 4K television. It actually looks really, really, really good. You know, wow. Like, yeah. But I got a feeling like, you know, it's uh, there's some bits of it that I just kind of feel like, oh, wow. Like, you know, this, 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 like. This, this know, was not meant to be 4K 60 frames per second. Well, then, like, it was it was printed on film that was like, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, it could they, be, they, it could, they be. could they could but do this that. This is the reason why a lot of things are starting to, like, you know, can be produced over to 4K because they've been, they've been printed on film that I can actually be blown up and actually scaled up exactly like, yeah. yeah i mean that's why a lot uh in recent years warner brothers have been releasing a lot of the uh tex avery and looney tunes cartoons on blu-ray and fixing it up to high detail and even recently with popeye they've been releasing the blu-rays of that too and i think a reason why a lot of people are starting to talk about this again is because of cuphead 
Cuphead, which basically is the video game that was heavily inspired by the Fleischer uh, cartoons, which also produced Popeye and Betty Boop. And a lot of people are really getting into Cuphead because of the cool animation and the way that it just looks so colorful and detailed. And then Cuphead, the animated series on Netflix, has also gotten people talking. Well, to be fair, Popeye has its fans. I mean, oh, like, sure, you know, like, sure. I mean, if you remember, do you remember, like, you remember, like, the Popeye show and stuff like that? Like, yeah. you know, I remember when, uh, I mean, Scooby-Doo, obviously, you know, kind of, like, somewhat kicked off. Like, they, oh, hey, uh, let's do the, sh-, you know, they did the variety show with, like, the modern Popeye show where, yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. he, had, he had, like, a son and, like, you know, like, like, then they, like, you know, the, yeah, the he had mili- a son named Sweepy. Yeah. yeah, and they had like the military, they did like, like, you know, the military, like, you know, uh, like a skits as well. Yeah, I can't yeah, remember exactly yeah. Those. And, uh, you know, they did, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, Popeye is still beloved even to this day. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of fans would, would love to see, you know, a movie or even like see, like, you know, a revival of the cartoon show, you know, like, uh, they would love to see something like that. Yeah. You know, Popeye the Sailor was like, you know, uh, also like, uh, you could say he was like, you know, no, no, he's going to have a half and half, really. Like, you could say, like, uh, he sets good examples by eating spinach, but obviously he smokes as well. So yeah, uh, <laughs> he, yeah, he, he's I sort mean, of off and off character. Yeah, I guess the, the you reason say. For, the, for fun fact, by the way, the only reason why he was eating all this spinach and that gave him all that strength was because it was due to an error. So they were th- when they were doing research about like, oh, spinach has this many milligrams of um, you know of potassium and you know calcium and protein and all that stuff, and it makes you really strong. So eat up your spinach. But no, it was actually a miscalculation. As opposed to like it had thirty, it was supposed to be three. No. So, yeah, no, kids, I mean, eating that, you know, eating that kind of spinach will not get you like, well, I mean, get you super strength or anything exactly, like that. Exactly. But, you know, like, uh, I think it was still, I think it was still a good message, like, you eat your vegetables and stuff Yeah, like yeah, that. it is still good with, like, vitamin C and a lot of nutrients that are good for you. So, yeah, eat your spinach. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Aaron and Patricia, brought to you by Popeye Spinach. Eat your vegetables, kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's one thing, that I think. That's one, uh, that's actually, that's one merchandise set, probably, they could have, like, there, you know, there really. is There is actually a Popeye Spinach. Yes. There is? Yes, there is. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Okay, then. Yeah, um, I, I don't know if they sell it in the UK, but I remember that they actually do sell it in America. They actually did have, like, you know, the cans. I mean, a lot of people, when they think of, like, oh, you know, what about Popeye's chicken? Well, that had that has nothing to do I, with I it. I think, you know, even though, like, the, the whole spinach gimmick, I think, really works because it was like, you know, uh, you, hear, you, you hear the band play of, like, you know, he's eating his spinach and, like, you know something's going down. And like you know, that's all. That's like it was even cool when like you saw all the other characters eating spinach and like starting yeah. <laughs> to kick out. Yeah, I'm actually showing Aaron the picture of the spinach right oh, now. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, I, I never knew that existed. Yeah, that does exist. So, amazing. Cool. Uh, I don't know if they're still in production, but hey, you know it's right here. So if you're interested, you can pay. F- I, yeah. You can pay for a can of uh, si- a pack of six for twenty pounds. Okay, then cool. Well, yeah, um, yeah I guess that's out there for everyone to buy. Uh, cool. Right then, um, moving on, um, we would like to pay tribute to uh, some uh, some c- celebrities who have uh, sadly left us uh, this week. Um, David Warner, who uh, played uh, Rajar Ghul in the Batman animated series, has sadly passed away. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Rajar Ghul was like, you know, he was like one of the he the, was a, the, the best villains. Best villains, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, um, it was also really shocking to see him come back in Batman Beyond. Oh yeah, that. absolutely. Like, you know, like all of a sudden, like uh, her, her voice just changes to like you know uh, to uh, you know David Warner's like what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people will be thinking about Dave Warner and his role in um, two Titanic films that he was a part of, if you can believe it. Yeah. Where one, he actually played as like the sophisticated gentleman where, you know, he, uh, alongside with his family, had died with the ship. And then there was the bad guy that he actually says that he doesn't even like the role because he just played as a generic villain. Where he was the bad guy alongside with... Um, 
uh, Billy Zane, um, where basically they were trying to be like, oh, you know, you um, Rose, you have to marry Cal because he's rich. And if you don't, then we'll be broke for the rest of our lives. And you can't marry Jack. Jack is a poor guy. He has no class whatsoever. So, yeah, I'm sure people will probably know him for that. But yeah. no, I mean, he was I, a... I'm, I'm stuck up, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm a stuck up guy. I'm going to lock you up downstairs so you can sink with the ship. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, but, there, but, there was a lot more to him than that. Yeah, but, but also, well, he was also uh, played uh, in the... He also played uh, Nargel in uh, the, the the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Yeah, he well. was Nurgle, yes. And uh, Debbie Derryberry played as his uh, son. And Nurgle was like a uh, like one of the more creepier villains. Like, if you see his design, it's like... It, it's almost like a um, darkened, demon-looking monster. And then... Um, then he, for some reason or another, he falls in love with Billy's aunt, and then they actually had a kid together, which was weird. Yeah. So some of his other like earlier roles, like in 1965 and 1966, he actually one of his major TV roles was actually in The War of the Roses, where he played uh, King Henry the uh, King Henry the uh, the sex. Oh, um, okay, cool. Yeah, so like, uh, yeah, he, he had some major roles even before, you know, we got to the 90s. And uh, also he was in, involved in the Holocaust, uh, you know, uh, many TV series as well. He oh, played sure. uh, Rainier Hyrak in that. And uh, also he was involved in uh, Marco Polo, which uh, he played uh, Rochicello in that in the 80s uh, TV series. And also he appeared in Charlie and he played as uh, Charlie Alexander in, uh, in, the, in, that, in that TV show. So, um, yeah, uh, he was also involved in Two in Peaks as well. He had uh, three, uh, um, no, he played uh, Thomas in that, in that TV show mm -hmm. as well. And uh, he, was also, he was also in Star Trek, just Star Trek The Next Generation as well. Uh, yes, he yes, he was. played a Gold Madrid. And uh, he also played as uh, Duke Richard of Lionsgate. So he was in Prince Valiant in the TV series as well in the, in the 90s. And, uh, yeah, he was like, he was in quite a lot of things. Like, he was even involved in the New Adventures of Superman. He was uh, Jor-El in, uh, in, in, in the Foundling episode. Mm -hmm. of that and um, yeah just uh, also uh, Gargoyles is also something he was also involved in yes was, and uh, we'll talk about Gargoyles he, in a minute he was an Archmage in that too and also uh, the one that we uh, definitely know him for is Rachel Ghoul in Batman the Animated Series absolutely yeah he was also he was also oh by the way he was also the Lobe in Freakazoid yeah the Lobe wow that, that was a crazy character by the way he just only appeared in one episode but still no um, he actually the Lobe actually appeared in many, many episodes oh he, really he, I, he, I, he, I, he was in Orbitus he was in uh, the Island of Dost Mystico he was in Virtual Freak the Freakazoid and Dexter's Date and also nine other episodes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I forget. I'm confused with another character. Anyway, but uh, Paul uh, Rugg, uh, who was the uh, creator of Freakazoid, actually posted on his uh, social media pages about, um, you know, that David Warner had passed away and he actually showed off a clip of the lobe. And I thought that that was actually pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, he was also a Dr. Vic Frankenstein in Two Sylvania. Oh, and yes, that, that does make a lot of sense because, uh, you know, the same crew who created Freakazoid and Animaniacs, they also created Toonsylvania, which is one of the least talked about of the uh, collection of cartoons they created, although not anywhere near as hated as Pinky Elmira and the Brain. Yeah, and in uh, Men in Black, the series, he also played Alpha in that too. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, and uh, also in Doctor Who Dreamland, he was also uh, Lord uh, Aslock in uh, that too, in the TV, in the miniseries series. Okay. That too. So, you know, like, uh, he's, he's, you know, things people will probably you know uh you know may, who probably weren't fans of freaking soy probably weren't fans of batman the animated series i mean like you missed out like yeah. you know like uh, he was he was uh, he was definitely phenomenal talents and uh, he's definitely part of a lot of people's uh, uh childhoods as well all the way up to you know the amazing world of gumball where he yes. was a uh, dr wrecker as well in, right. uh, in that so like uh, he's he, yeah and uh, funny enough uh, in um he actually came back uh one time to play the lobe again in t in, uh, in all of things teen titans go oh <laughs> <laughs> my god
That's so crazy. Yeah. And uh, his uh, last movie appearance was uh, Mary Poppins Returns, where he was Admiral Blue. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, rest in peace, David Warner will also remember all the great memories you've had on TV. Yes, absolutely. And movies as well. And also a sad thing for Hey Arnold fans, uh, Paul Savino, who who voiced Shaq in uh, in Hey Arnold the movie, has also passed away. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Shaq was not like, you know, um, the ultimate villain by any stretch of the imagination. Like, you know, he was just, you know, a a corporate boss who basically held a grudge against the street, you know, because it was the place, because his ancestors basically were humiliated during like, you know, the, the, uh, tomato the, war. the tomato war yeah so um i mean he uh, wasn't like you know uh, i mean he also had like you know he tried to bring in like some you know uh, uh i think he, maybe i might be wrong but so maybe he ad-libbed like, a couple of things as well because i like, wouldn't be surprised know. i mean you know christopher lloyd i think also ad-libbed a few things as well mm-hmm. so um you know his um obviously his contribution to the hey arnold could have been better but i mean that's uh, not necessarily his fault i mean no like, it wasn't his fault and I, I get it just like oh you know that guy from uh goodfellas though the bad guy mm-hmm. let's bring him in as our main antagonist so i can kind of see where they were trying to think about that but yeah i mean at the end of the day uh Sheck was not exactly a character that we all fondly remembered in any forms of hey arnold mm, exactly so i mean it would have been sh- it's a shame really like you know i could have seen him probably like you know maybe utilized better in the, if he was actually part of the show but uh, unfortunately he wasn't no so, i mean like uh, but uh, i mean like uh, you know again like if you're not a fan of hey arnold he was also you know he did various other good fellas definitely yeah goodfellas is definitely one of his big Uh, ones yeah godfather of harlem was also another one Mm -hmm. Uh, that was was, uh, more modern and also uh, bad blood he was also in as well and uh, he played uh, niccolo uh, rizzuto senior in uh, in that show and uh, yeah he just uh, he's also been i mean some of the other uh, major shows i mean he was in still standing he was in wife's tales uh, he's also in that's life as well uh, between uh, as uh, frank de luca in Mm -hmm. in that show and uh, yeah, but uh, I mean, um, also he also played uh, Sergeant Phil Zaretta um, uh, in uh, Law and Order. He was like he was in thirty one episodes. Wow! So like uh, it was um, yeah. I think uh, you know Law and Order. I definitely you know um, you know the original show. I definitely preferred. I know I go go on like how yeah. You always go about how much you absolutely uh, despise oh, special, victims. special victims unit. Yeah, yeah but. Uh, you know, like uh, again, television and uh, you know movies have definitely lost you know another uh, another legend in the business. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. So we'll uh, definitely you know our, our, mer- our thoughts and prayers go to his uh, his uh, family, his friends, and his fans. Mm-hmm. So, and also uh, Bernard Cribbins, who uh, we knew as Mister Hutchinson in Faulty Towers, but also he was in the Railway Children, and he was also in various other uh, childhood memories. He's also passed away too this yes. week. And uh, yeah, you and I watched that episode. We did. And, uh, yeah, and uh, we just found his performance hilarious. Yeah, and he was playing as like the really strict critic. Yeah, but mind you, he if you remember, he wasn't actually Basil Fawlty. I mean, spoilers here if you haven't watched Fawlty yeah. Towers, but you know, it's 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 it's, it's, a, it's an old show. Surely you've watched it at this point. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like uh, if you've. Um, if you saw his performance in Faulty Towers, like he played uh, Mitchell Hutchinson, which uh, Basil Faulty thought he was uh, a critic, critic of, of a hotel. But, but he uh, wasn't. In actual fact, he wasn't. He was actually a, you know, a, a spoon salesman. Yeah, which, exactly. So basically, oh God. yeah. So uh, the whole thing about like, oh, you know, a critic is going to be coming into this restaurant. We need to be able to, um, you know, please him the best that we can. But he turned out to be a fraud. I mean, that's something that they would do all the time in various shows. SpongeBob did it and Bob's Burgers did it. So yeah, it, it pretty much became like a trope at that point mm-hmm. and uh, I, I just remember how he how he exited that show like you know his um 
having his suitcase filled with full of cream and uh, his hat as well. And he yeah. just on his stuff like, you know, <laughs> I hope you got a shower after that. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> and then also there was another show that you told me about that you remember watching as a kid, The Wombles. Uh, yeah, The Wombles. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, remember you're a Womble. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it's... That, that was, that was a funny. Uh, we have to show you that show at some point. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, that was on Channel 4. And, uh, but uh uh, but I think he was like a, I think he was like a meme at one point. I think as well. I can't remember exactly yeah, see, what I, that show I, is I, from. I know it's from Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Yeah, because uh, he played as the companion of Doctor Who in the '60s version, and then finally he appeared as um, the grandfather of the companion of Donna and the temporary companion to the Tenth Doctor. And that scene of him like crying and stuff like that when he sees the current Doctor. Um, that's the that's the meme where it came oh, from. Oh, okay then. Yeah, I so mean, it's from the Doctor Who yeah, special. I remember the older Doctor Who's. But I don't remember them. I I never. I kind of really not gravitate towards the modern ones. But uh, really, yeah. I mean, even, uh, unfortunately, I know that the the older Doctor Who's it's like forever lost because it was it, it demolished in a fire. And I think whoever owns you know is able to get like copies of it. You know, I think they said that they were gonna like give them a Dalek and various other prizes and stuff like that. But yeah. they still haven't been able to turn that in. But you know, I think uh, the thing with uh, uh, with um, is that he was very uh, British orientated. So, like you know, he's, he's in shows like Last of the Summer Ryan. He's in Coronation Street. He was uh, Wally uh, Bannister in uh, for twelve episodes in that show. Uh, he was also in a, you know he's in Pizza Pizza Case animated All Star Band as well. And also he was in Noel's House Party. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, like I guess some of our American audiences would not be very familiar with no, him unless, we, we unless probably... they unless they've uh, watched the Railway Children and probably watched Dennis the Menace as well. I mean, or, like, or uh, if they you know tuned into the newer stuff on Doctor Who, but even then they would only know him from that special and exactly. not from like the original film from the 60s yeah he was also involved in the Sussie show in the 1970s he was in two episodes for that and uh, he was also as we said he was involved in the Wombles and he was in all he was in all 60 episodes uh, of that and so without and also he was involved in he was a uh, uh, we as we said before Mr. Hutchinson in Faulty Towers and uh, also he uh, had a comedy playhouse as well which uh, he did between 1962 and 1970 mm-hmm. so like uh, he was heavily involved in British comedy yeah at the time so, um, our uh, thoughts and uh, to his uh, fa- fam- friends, family, and fans uh, so, as well, and uh, on this uh, very sad week. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Okay, uh, moving on. Um, something quite exciting coming out of Disney from what we can see, and that is Gargoyles Returns with a new season uh, from Dynamite Entertainment. Like, Absolutely. What, what, you've been keeping your eye on this. What's this I, all about? Oh, man. So for those who don't know, Gargoyles was a series that, that came out on the Disney Channel around the mid-90s, created by Greg Wiseman, who has become synonymous with like amazing shows. He created Spectacular Spider-Man, Star Wars, Rebels, Young Justice. And so... He created what was essentially like Disney's Batman the Animated Series, where you have these gargoyles who have been protecting this castle, and you know, then they were cursed, and then they were on this, um, you know, there were statues for thousands of years until the day that the castle can become even taller, um, you know, a building can become taller than the castle. And uh, then eventually it was um, converted into like a... um, uh, well, the, the castle got torn down, and then the gargoyle statues were eventually put into a, a, a building, and then finally their curse was broken, and then they find themselves in modern New York City. And so, basically, you have this really interesting philosophical um, showcase into, like, the gargoyles trying to adapt into, like, a modern world, and whatever that the gargoyles were left, especially since the ones that were not left were crushed and broken. And so, you have this billionaire named 
named David Xanatos, who, were, who was able to, um, you know, get the, the gargoyles. And then finally, when he, you know, sees them coming to life, he's, like, really excited about it. And then he, you know, there's also the, um, you know, basically, like, trying to be uh, defending New York City from all this, uh, the stuff that's happening. And then you have all this, you know, really crazy philosophical stuff regarding about the gargoyles themselves and about how one of them turns evil around the second season. And there was also the controversial episode where one of them gets hold of a gun. <laughs> you yeah, remember yeah, that one. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so a lot of people really, really love the Gargoyles. But then, unfortunately, due to a lot of executive meddling and then uh, Greg Wiseman left after season two, there was uh, the purchase of, you know, ABC from Disney. And then the last season of Gargoyles was the Goliath Chronicles, which uh, basically kind of like focuses uh, less on Goliath and then it focuses on the other characters and the animation style changed completely and the characters changed completely. It was focusing a lot more on the side characters and a lot of people just hated it. Mm. Even still to this day, it's like considered to be one of the black sheeps of the franchise. And a lot of people were feeling like, man, this can't be the way it ends off. But, you know, lo and behold, we have almost 25 years later in which we now get a full-on fourth season of The Gargoyles. But... You'll have to wait it because it's going to have to be in comic book form, which I know a lot of people are upset about. But you know what? Good news is, is that Greg Wiseman is returning as the writer of these comics. And I think that that will be great. It'll be like the official third season we never were able to get. Uh, who knows? Like, you know, if uh, enough interest gets into these comic books, maybe Disney might turn around and say, oh, hey, maybe there's some more gargoyle stuff that we need yes, to do we, here. Yes, we can have it on Disney+. Plus. That would be awesome. Isn't already on Disney Plus? No, I mean I'm talking about like this. You know, if the comics. Oh do yeah, well, well, I mean, if it's gonna be, if they're gonna be garnering towards the original fans, they'll have to put this on Disney Plus. They couldn't put this on Disney Channel. Yeah, I yeah, I, I think that. Um, yeah, according to what it says right here on Bloody Disgusting, uh, Greg Wiseman is officially signed on to write and shepherd the new stories to be published as periodical comics and graphic novels. The original tales will be authentic to the original storylines. Thank you, Jesus! <laughs> Stars serving as a new season for fans to enjoy while be perfectly approachable for newcomers to this awesome world. According to a follow-up tweet from Greg Wiseman, he said that they will be coming out in the fourth quarter of 2022, which means that it's going to be coming out sometime either from September to December. So we will be waiting for it this winter, and I am excited. I'm excited too, and uh, I think I think everyone's been like, you know, uh, and those are, you know, Gargoyles alongside Batman the Animated Series. Like it was like another really cool show. Yeah, that, so, you know, I think so. Like, I mean, it, it, it felt like you could take its audience seriously. It, absolutely. I mean, in a time in which Disney was like, we have Darkwing Duck, we have Tailspin, we have Ducktales, we have Goof Troop. You know, those are great and all, but then you have Gargoyles. You have this epic opening with lightning and. And the gargoyles climbing up into the, the the skyscraper and that booming epic theme song. And it was like, oh, I want to watch it. So. Exactly. Yeah. So gargoyles basically filled a gap for children's appetites that they were really, really Yeah. It, it was like the show that an older audience can gravitate for. I mean, it was like, it, I mean, this was kind of like for a lot of people how they felt about Avatar The Last Airbender. It's like, yeah, you know, we have the fairly odd parents. Yeah, we have SpongeBob. But here comes Avatar. And it's, a, you know, generating to a larger audience. That's what Gargoyles was for the 90s. Exactly. So, um, yeah, well, we look forward to these comics coming out in, in, in the winter. And, uh, yeah, hope everyone buys them. And hopefully we'll get another uh, series of the show. Yes, a proper season three. Thank you. Yeah, so... 
Okay, uh, moving on. Uh, oh, this is uh, a really interesting... This just feels so random, talking about this. So, the BBC is in talks with MGM Studios to bring back an ITV classic, Gladiators. <laughs> uh, now, there's going to be American fans who say, oh, this is, you know, there's American Gladiators. Yeah, there's and American so, Gladiators. Yeah, this is the British version of Gladiators that we've had. I mean, this is, the, this is where it came from, right? Exactly, yeah. So, um, you know, back in the day, uh, there was, um, you know, there was Gladiators. Like, they had like, their own characters. They had like, Wolf, they had Rhino, they had Shadow, they had, like, you know, uh, Lightning was definitely, yeah, was definitely the childhood crush, I think. Uh, Lightning was definitely, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that, that. And, uh, you know, they had all these uh, different uh, Gladiators, and then, you know, average Joes with then train up and basically take them on on all these events. Yeah. And that's basically how... I mean, I imagine American Gladiators was one more the same. I yeah, think, it know. was more or less the same where you have like these big beefy guys coming in and just yeah. climbing up on walls and uh, running uh, and... And here's Hal, Hal from the hardware store who looks like really <laughs> like really thin. You think there's no way he's going to beat this guy. You know, he gets whacked in the head by once by a baton and then goes down in five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah that, that happened one day actually. But to be fair, um, I mean like um, uh, there were some people who actually did really really well in that show. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in the latter seasons, I don't think pe- I don't think people who were contestants and gladiators and you could definitely tell really knew what they were getting themselves into and so mm-hmm. obviously they couldn't get grasped all that well with the events. However, I think as time went on, more professional athletes started like, you know, signing up for yes. these shows and started actually giving gladiators a lot more like, you know, to kind of like, you know, contend with. Yeah. Like it kind of stops being like, you know, it, it sort of kind of like feels like, you know, oh, hey, here's everyday man taking on like, you know, these, you know, these yeah. uh, this Herculean kind of like, you know, uh, competitive to, like it kind of like took away a little bit like you know the underdog story and then he's gonna like, yeah. oh well I'm pretty sure I've seen this guy in some athletic you know event before and now it's just these two guys kind of like that the you know as time went on I think as uh, that you could see they were becoming more professional I think you know it kind of took a little bit away from that yeah but, and um, I think that the equivalent of you know that kind of show would be Ninja Warrior. Yeah. Ninja but, Warrior, which is based off of a Japanese game show called Sasuke, yeah. which is basically the same thing in which you have these guys who are competing against these sports and, you know, they have to be able to beat it at a certain time or, you know, not be able to get knocked off or fall in the water right before. Well, uh, that, you know, I mean, it's not the same, but it's sort of like the modern equivalence of that, like, That's what you know, I'm saying. Yeah, that, that's exactly. basically, I mean, for all of our listeners who don't know about gladiators, a modern equivalent would probably be Ninja Warrior. Yeah. So, uh, I'm, this is a, this is a really strange rumor to like you know kind of come out but deadline is uh, is brushing it and so i mean um I, here's the thing about it. gladiators back in the day i mean um it was basically it was back in the time when basically budgets did not exist and they said look just go out there and you know do what do what we'll, you know what you can do to bring in as many viewers as possible we'll all make a ton of money and i'm sure we'll make the money back and mm-hmm. i think uh, that was sort of like you know m- mindset back in the time but uh, you know unfortunately a lot of these studios whether it was the bbc whether it was, you know, uh, gladiators, things like that. Unfortunately, did spend a bit over much about their budget, and so they ended up having to kind of downscale things a little bit after a while. And unfortunately, gladiators, I think, was just too w- was too big to fail in a way. And yeah. uh, but, but then obviously they decided that it, it needed to fail, and so it basically did go away. Yeah, that's that's but, why we need to have budget limitations. Exactly. Yeah, but I mean, like, if you're honest with you, I mean, um, I, fair play to the BBC and fair play to MGM Studios if they want to try and attempt this. But I've got to be honest with you, like, it kind of feels like uh, if. 
there was a time when they actually brought back the uh, gladiators at one point, which appeared on Sky One. Yes, or, and, and then, the, they they also did kind of something similar with uh, Nickelodeon Guts, which is basically gladiators for kids. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, did you get? I mean, I don't know how the re- the reboot of Guts went. But it was were, awful. Was it awful? Oh, it was really bad. Yeah, I mean, like it, it, they the thing is the, re- the when they brought back gladiators back in the two thousands, like it was more like they downscaled it really much, and so like it was only like a small like a group of people yeah, getting the, excited by. But that, that's the, exactly what happened with my family's got guts in which it was yeah. downscaled a lot instead of like w- you know a group of three kids it was just like a whole family like family double dare which doesn't work yeah. and then it was just like they got uh, like these obstacles were just not as good as the original the hosts were pretty lame so it's like i guess they looked at the 2000s gladiators like let's do that for kids and it sucked yeah uh to be fair i mean like uh, i mean um obviously you know you can only do so much but i mean the fact that uh, the original gladiators took place at the birmingham indoor arena mm-hmm. you know like and the national indoor arena and it was like it was this big massive show like yeah you know, like you know there were like terraces full of people just screaming their heads off and like this was exciting this is yeah. something you wanted to tune into a tv show and it was almost kind of recorded as live as well so originally i thought it was actually live but no it was pre-recorded you know obviously yeah and uh, you know like it was really good like that and uh, it was sort of like uh, you know uh, funhouse were with pat sharp was sort of the same thing as well like you know it was a kid no it wasn't like gladiators it was more like you know all these kids would like take part in like all these obstacle courses mm-hmm. or like that it was sort of kind of like double dare you know uh, yeah, uh, yeah. funhouse and uh, but they also did that like in a big massive arena as well where there was all people cheering when yes. they d- and when they downsized it and like you know where they basically put in like canned like cheering and stuff like that it's just like it lost its it lost its uh it lost a lot of its um its shine you know like uh, it, it, it basically was yeah. just like a uh cheaper version of what a product that you already were accustomed exactly to. yeah but then obviously you know they you know the times were tough and obviously you know budgets were you know, had to be a hit too and things like that but i mean this is what i'm a bit worried about like um you know bbc right now is not as far as i'm aware is not bringing in i mean it, you know is not bringing in the money i think as it was you know prior to where uh, you know that like tv licensing you know uh, subscriptions are going are going down at the minute because yeah. everyone's switching over to netflix or switching over to something else and so i mean i don't know if mgm studio is going to put in like you know significant amount of money to like say okay let's get this massive arena let's fill it full of like the thousands of people and then let's get everyone to cheer their heads off i don't know if it's going to be one of those situations but uh, i just don't see i don't think in modern i mean i'm open to being wrong but i just feel like in modern in 2022 where you know where we're going to be potentially entering into another you know financial you know uh crash you know crash and uh, there's not much money to be you know but to be thrown at projects and things like this i'm a bit worried that um you know this gladiators will just come and go again because it's not as epic as the original back in the 90s and mm-hmm. therefore it, it, it can't touch it and therefore people are going to lose interest and therefore aren't going to watch it right yeah so uh, we'll just see where where that goes i mean i, I don't know if i would I'd... like to be excited about this project but given the fact we've seen it already come back before and it's kind of kind of failed like it's i just, mean it's, uh, I, I think know. that maybe they'll learn from their mistakes and it'll basically just say like okay this is the gladiators that you know and love i mean i felt the same way about double dare in which like the original double dare was great and then they brought it back for the 2000 and it was uh, not as good. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it just didn't have the, um, you know, the spark that Mark Summers was 
able to bring because Jason Harris, I mean, he did a good job, but he was no Mark Summers. And also they didn't really change a lot in terms of the obstacles. And they did do a few slight revisions for the rules, like the triple dare challenge, but it just kind of made it unfair. And, um, but then they brought back, uh, you know, double dare, um, you know, a few years ago with a Lysa Koshi and Mark Summers back and they were able to, you know, modernize it and they were able to do some new challenges and they were able to bring back some old obstacles and bring in some new ones. And that is a proper way of doing it right. So who knows? Maybe gladiators will do something similar. I hope so. But uh, we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Um, rumors have been circulating uh, on social media that uh, Google Stadia may be shutting down at the end of the year. Now, just to basically put a bit of a dampener on this, Google has officially denied this. And yes. Said that uh, you know Google Stadia is still going to be keeping going on, but uh, the fact that I mean, here's the thing about this: Google Stadia has been very quiet recently. Like you know, yeah, like I mean, no I one's have... really been talking about it. No, in addition to nobody really talking about it, I mean, what games have been out? I mean, exactly, yeah. Like, uh, this is the thing. Google Stadia, as far as I'm aware, is a streaming service for uh, for, um, for, for for games. So if you uh, you basically pay a subscription to uh, Google Stadia, and uh, then you can basically get access to, like, all sorts of games. But what it is is that uh, the way that they get around this is that, uh, you know, to say, oh, you can play these games wherever you want. The way they get around this is because you're actually not actually having the, the games physically there. You're mm-hmm. streaming them. Yeah. So um, it's basically you uh, end up on a... Um, you know, uh, a streaming server that has the game onto it, and uh, you're basically you're streaming it for your life. It's like game stream for Nvidia, you know, like uh, that, that type of that type of deal. Right. But the pro- the problem with it is is that the technology is quite limited. Like uh, when Doom Eternal first came out, uh, they could not do it in 4K. So it's um, they advertise that it could work on a 4K device, but uh, the actual um, uh, streaming. Uh, that was going on there was actually in 1080p. So it was quite limited in, in that regard. And so if you have a 1080p television had a really good internet connection, then obviously you're not uh, yeah, you're having fine. a problem, but you're fine. But uh, for everybody who was asking for a lot more from like a big gaming device, like it just it just didn't please. Mm. And so that's, that's, that's the problem that Google Stadia has, in my opinion. So like uh, that's the limitations that they have. So, uh, funny enough, like, on, when you Google Google Stadia, one of the first uh, the questions that's asked is, uh, does Google Stadia still exist? <laughs> oh, my God, that's sad. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, but, uh, no. Does Google Stadia still exist? Yeah. Um, How to Geek basically says this: uh, Google's game sh- streaming service Stadia is technically an impressive platform, but uh, has been plagued with countless management and publish- publish- publishing issues. Now that Google has shifted to its business to serve other gaming platforms and uh, ending big budget ports, uh, the Stadia we know is just about dead. Ooh, another great thing from How to Geek. Uh, oh man, that is a uh, you. You need you. There's not enough aloe vera in the world to cure that burn. Yeah. Um, another question that's asked on Google is, uh, what's the point of Google Stadia? <laughs> oh this is on its own search engine. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> is Google Stadia worth it in 2022? Uh, can I play? Uh, is Stadia worth getting? Um, what's this? Uh, so Fandroid says, uh, in all honesty, Stadia is probably not for everyone, but so for people looking for a quick and easy way to play great games without the need to buy additional hardware, Stadia offers a straightforward and functional gaming experience. So, okay. Um, okay, so fair if, enough. If you can't afford a massive gaming rig but still want to play the, 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 the games of the day, you could, you know, Google Stadia still is a proposition. Yeah, but, but there's also the Steam Deck. No, I mean, yeah, there's that. But, uh, so... 
I'm right now going to um, uh, the App Store on Apple. Uh, Google said he currently has like 3.3 out of ten, uh, 5, I think he currently has. Three, so, well, I mean, that's middle of the road. Yeah, it's middle of the road. And so, I mean, like, I mean, I've never been, I mean, here's the thing, like, I've always had, you know, uh, a gaming rig where I can play, you know, modern games on, and I've got a 4K television that will play it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like, uh, you know, I can play uh, Gears of War 5 and play, play both on my Xbox One and play it on my uh, gaming rig over that. Like, I don't need Google Stadia. Yeah, in and order also, to play it. I have Steam. Steam, I have, um, you know, GOG, I have Epic Games, I have um, uh, Ubisoft Plus, I have ways that I can be able to get these games on a very affordable price, especially on summer sales in which they're dropping off like 25, 50, 75 percent off. Some of them are even for free. I've gotten a lot of amazing games for free. I gotten, let's see, uh, the Sonic sale, for example, when, you know, they would be giving these games away for cheap. Like, I bought Sonic Generations for $4.99. I got Sonic Mania for, like, $2.99. I gotten Sonic CD for, like, less than a buck. I've gotten so many amazing games for affordable prices. I've gotten the Bioshock collection for free. So, yeah, you, if you are able to find this stuff then you can be able to get it no problem. You don't need to have Google Stadia. I mean, what does Google Stadia have exclusively that is going to interest me that I can go find somewhere else? If it does have something exclusive, I mean, they haven't been advertising it enough. Like, you know, I think maybe this is a reverse of what Nintendo had. Like, you know, maybe Google Stadia doesn't have enough first-party support, let alone third-party <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, man, it's really bad when in television, Amico says, we have Earthworm Jim. What does Google Stadia have? Yeah, I was Nothing! I'm actually going to Google Stadia exclusive list. Is there anything like it? So, uh, four, uh, the four Stadia exclusive features are crowd choice, crowd play, and stream, and, uh, and stream content. So, um, they have... Um, uh, let's have a look. I mean, Far Cry 6 isn't, ex isn't exclusive, is no, it? No, it's not. I don't know why they're saying that is. Uh, so, uh, Orcs Must Die, Outriders, The Crew 2, The Division 2, and Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Um, That's not very strong. Like, no. Uh, there's no games there I could say it, that it I'm really reminds, interested It kind of reminds me of, like, uh, what you call it, the Gizmondo, in which, like, some of the exclusive games were, you know, Mama Can I Mow the Lawn and Sticky Balls, mm. where those were their exclusive games. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it is, and so if, I think that's the thing. That I think that I mean, um, uh, if, if Google wanted to enter the gaming, unfortunately, do you remember Google Plus? Like uh, the, the the social media and I that died. That died. Yeah, that yeah. pretty much died pretty quickly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Google Stadia is about to go the same way. I don't I know. Mean, I mean, it, it, Google's denying it, but yeah, um, Google's denying it. But you know, Google has not been. Um, you know, saying like, oh, we're going to have this and then we just kill it off really quickly. You remember that series on, um, I, I forget which uh, website it was. Uh, maybe it was like College Humor or something like that. But, you know, they they have like the, the Google guy who's lining up and then he's asking these questions about like, oh, um, you know, Google Plus, what happened to it killed it? Oh, uh, this Google thing, what happened to it killed it? Oh, uh, Google Stadia. Oh, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. I, I mean, the, you you got to listen to this. It's going to be amazing. So, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. It's just, so, I mean, like, unfortunately, I mean, if uh, if Google was going to enter the gaming market, I think it probably should have went in with, I mean, I, I admire 
despite the fact that it goes in and says, okay, well, don't worry about not having the hardware. You'll be able to stream the games. But then, like, uh, I mean, here's the thing about this. Like, if you're not in the, if you don't have the money to afford, like, you know, just the basic game, gaming laptop or the gaming, um, you know, uh, experience, I mean, what's the likelihood is you're going to avoid an internet connection? That's yeah, yeah, exactly. That. Internet connections. What happens if your software gets hacked? Hello, Sony. Uh, what happens if, um, let's just say that there was maybe some sort of, um, you know, technical issue? Like, what happens if there's like a bad storm that's outside? Like, oh, you know. Hey, if you don't have internet, basically, you're cut off from Google. You can't use Google Stadia. Exactly. You know, exactly yeah. yeah. So, I mean, all you're going to have is just a useless piece of cardboard, uh, not cardboard, plastic. Yeah. And then you're going to put it away in the piece of cardboard. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, like, uh, but the, the idea is of Google Stadia is that you can play it on your phone, play it on your tablet, play it basically anywhere and uh, you start to basically all you're doing is basically streaming the games but uh, again yeah. that's problematic if you basically don't have like a strong enough internet connection in order to uh, so if you're in the middle of nowhere and you basically have a 3g signal you're not playing google stadium nope, nope you are definitely not yeah exactly so i think unfortunately you know uh in regards to like you know uh you know which uh, which one's going to die off first i mean like i mean steam's definitely going to be around for a very long time oh yeah i mean steam that. has been around for over a decade and a half at this point i think oh well, yeah and uh, you know if uh if you had to ask me, like you know, what, um, if which you know, who who's basically on on death on death row at the moment in regards to like you know uh, which one's going to get kicked off first? I mean, I've got to be honest, Google Stadia. I mean, like unless there's like a big you know still a, you know a, a, an opportunity for Google to make money out of it, I don't think it's going to. I don't think it'll last. I think mm. it will. Uh, at least it might be. Now Google will deny this and say they want to keep it going because obviously they don't want another you know Google Plus scenario. In their, yeah, on their yeah, hands. The, exactly. Well, I mean, at the same time, Google needs to turn around to the gaming um, marketplace and say, okay, well, if you get Google Stadia, this is what you're going to be getting as an exclusive, and uh, it's not going to be like, you know, the games that we just listed off. It's going to be something that's going to basically be wowing everybody. You know? Yeah, like, exactly. A, a game, a game, a game, everyone's, you know, is going to be excited for it. He's like, okay, um, you know, we've got this game, and uh, eventually it will come out on other consoles, but if you want to play it, you know, exclusively for the first time, you have to come to Google Stadia first. Yeah. You know, like, uh, if they have something like that, you know, obviously, it'll, you know, Google Stadia will be in business. I yeah, think. so, I mean, pretty soon, I'm sure in Aaron and Patricia, we're going to be talking about how Google Stadia died, and then it's just going to be another footnote in video game history, and which is like, you remember when Google Stadia came out? Do you remember that would be in a thing? I kind of think we're going to be talking about this, and I mean... I, I don't think we can compare. This isn't a 3DO situation. You no, know? It's, like, it's, it's not. It's, it's like this isn't like you know. This console is stupidly expensive. Does not have any games that anyone cares about, and therefore it died. Like you know, Google Stadia does have stuff that people do care about, and uh, it is you know making an effort to try and get on as many screens as possible. It is basically a streaming service, but uh, at the same time, like we can't. You know, at the moment, I mean, between you and me, like, uh, what well, we have, like, you know, a, a, a dozen game consoles, like, you know, that sits underneath our television, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, they all have had, like, you know, some kind of legacy to leave behind. My biggest fear is that, you know, Google Stadia will basically, you know, will leave this earth somewhere down the line, and unfortunately will basically have no legacy to leave behind. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, like, there's not, unless I'm wrong, like, there's no Google Stadia console, I believe. Like, you know, like, it's just, it's, uh, yeah, exactly. So, uh, I mean, God forbid if it did have one, like, and then the Google Stadia shut down. Like, you know, what do you do with your, what do you do, like, like you know, uh, what, is it, it's going to make a good doorstop, is it? Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's going to be a great paperweight for when I have to file my taxes. Oh, honestly. <laughs> 
Yeah, but uh, I mean, the, the, right, right now we can just say that uh, this is just a rumor. I mean, Google says it's not going to be shutting down, but uh, I mean, the fact that we've not been talking about Google Stadia in a while, I think is kind of concerning. Yeah. Okay, uh, the Simpsons movie is celebrating its 15th anniversary uh, this uh, so with the uh, 15th anniversary Spider Pig and uh, Epa and uh, you know the, the massive uh, glass dome that was put over to the top of Springfield. You know, just you know a normal occurrence basically in Springfield. Yeah, yeah. You have like a mob. You have Ned Flanders comforting Bart with hot cocoa. You basically have them running to Alaska. You know, the classic episode of the Simpsons. Yeah, like, here's the thing about this. Like, I mean, um, you can definitely tell like when it first came out like you know oh this is definitely you know even more outlandish than you know the actual simpsons uh, series but now ever since then i'm pretty sure like you know uh, there was a time when you know homer simpson was nearly put to death in the electric chair and uh, there was yeah. like oh there's all of the crazy stuff that's happened you know lady gaga's appeared in you know in the simpsons Bi- as well. billy eilish recently billy appeared. eilish also recently appeared yeah like it's just, and also there's all the outlandish stuff that's happened in the simpsons which i gotta be honest with you kind of like you know overshadow the simpsons movie itself now like you know it's just uh, i mean uh, if they did make a second Simpsons movie. I don't. Th- I mean, what, what what could they do to like you know uh, top the other movie and top everything else that's happened in re- recently in the Simpsons? I I mean, it's it's kind of interesting because I'm sure that they would probably do a whole bunch of things. I mean, you know, we've already had the Simpsons in space. We've already had them, you know, traveling all over the world. We've already had them you know, go through, like, a bunch of things. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure what you can do. Yeah, I like, mean, maybe uh, you can do what, what Beavis and Butthead do the universes, in which, basically, you know, you have them warp in time, and then they basically find out what's well, going on. Well, we kind of had that already with Treehouse of Horror. Exactly, so exactly yeah. yeah. So, yeah. exactly. It's they, like, what, what they, can you they, do with The Simpsons? They travel you... through time. They've basically traveled the world. They've basically been in every single state in the United States of America. They've been in a lot of countries. But, yeah, they've been in a lot of countries. They've been to China. They've been to, uh, you know, Brazil. They've been to various other places. Like, it's just, it's, um, yeah. Like, I remember that joke they did in Behind the Laughter episode when they said, oh, the Simpsons are going to Delaware. Like, you know, and uh, they said, oh, yeah, this is going to be the last season. <laughs> uh, yeah, it wasn't. Not even by a long shot. Not even by a long shot. And yeah, but uh, so, I mean, uh, some of the memories I have of the Simpsons movies, like obviously, you know, you had the uh, the, the, the naked skateboarding scene, obviously yeah, there was yeah. that. And then they had, uh, you know, uh, oh, well, you, you thought Homer, once again, you thought Homer and Marge's marriage is going to fall apart. and uh, It you know, doesn't. Like, it doesn't. And uh, then you get, uh, you know, a rehashing of like, you know, previous episodes of The Simpsons. I mean, it makes know. a lot of sense because a lot of the writers who even hadn't even worked on The Simpsons in years returned to help work on the movie. Yeah, but uh, again, like uh, it just, yeah. I think the problem with something like The Simpsons, definitely the problem with the Bob's Burgers movie as well, like uh, that uh, recently you and I watched it. It was kind of like, well, this is just like, you know, an extended episode of the show. Now, it's kind of funny because I think we even talked about this. It's like, and I even asked you guys, and I still haven't received a response from you, and I'm still waiting. Um, what movie that is based off of an animated series has, you know, become elevated to the point in which, like, the animation is fantastic and the storyline is so great and not feel like an extension of what an episode is. I mean, I, I think things I can think of on the top of my head are, like, um, South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Well, well South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, they actually did something, this is the thing, they did something different, which is, like, you know, South Park is not necessarily a movie, it's actually a musical, because, like, yeah. you know, there, there's so many musical numbers in this, and, like, you know, and uh, you and I can remember, like, you know, like, you know, what would Bamboy Tarno do, and, like, you know, uh, uh, 
blame Canada. I blame Canada and uh, uh, you know, shop, yeah, Uncle Fucker. Uh, Uncle Fucker, yeah, exactly. Like you know, it's just it's uh, there was many memorable songs in that show. Yeah, and mm. also it was released around the peak of South Park. Exactly. And, yeah. And uh, Beavis and Butthead do America is a, another example in which like oh you know Beavis and Butthead instead of just like being over in Highland and walking around in the school and then just being in their couch watching TV, they're now gonna go across the country. That was different. Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, like, uh, the, the thing is, also, you know, the Loud House movie, example, example as well, like, they went off to Scotland, yep, which, is like, to which was very different compared to, like, you know, what they're doing. The problem is, is that, um, for a, in my opinion, for a movie to justify its existence, it needs to go above and beyond what happens in the TV show. Yeah, or, or if you like, want to be... Hey, Arnold, the Jungle movie makes sense. Like, it's like, you know, it's uh, it's all the kids, you know, going into a jungle and, you know, trying to uh, find yeah. out, what ha- you know, the truth of what happened to Arnold's parents. Yeah, uh, the Powerpuff yeah. Girls movie is a great example as well, in which, basically, Basically, you get to find out the origins of how the Powerpuff Girls were created, and we get to see the origins of Mojo Jojo and the city of Townsville, and them not exactly being praised as superheroes. They were pr- they were just basically outcasts as freaks, and then finally they were being praised as superheroes that would all eventually follow up into the TV show. Uh, it's funny, like you remember when we saw uh, in search of the Crystal Skull, and we talked about you know, the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Yes, and, we like, did. You know, and there's one person comments that basically argues like, well, you know, none of the other SpongeBob mo- you know, TV movies ever like forwarded like the SpongeBob story. It's like, well, what tells you about the justification of their existence in the world. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like, this is the thing. Like, you know, like, uh, when I come to... I mean, I'm not going to go pay money to go see a movie that basically is not going to, like, give us anything that is not, you know, which is already there in the TV series. I'm just not. Yeah, like, I mean, what, what did The Simpsons say about that joke about, like, why would I pay to watch a movie when I can just watch, watch it, it for, for free? free? Exactly. Like, it's just... it's. Uh, yeah, um, so, I mean, the Simpsons movie, I mean, at the time, it was like, you know, it was really exciting, and like, everyone, oh, like, oh yeah, finally, they're making a Simpsons movie, like, and uh, we thought, you know, something exciting was, and to be fair, a lot of exciting stuff did happen in that movie. It so, was a yeah, lot it, of great moments it, 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 in that It was movie. a lot of fun in that regard, but, and also, it was, the one thing I found really fun is like, I'm in a room full of other Simpsons fans wanting to watch the Simpsons movie, and we all laugh at, at the jokes. Like, you know, um, that was definitely a concept you don't get in you know uh, on television like yeah it, and, and the same thing happened with me I went to go see Yu-Gi-Oh the Dark Side of Dimensions I was surrounded by a bunch of dorks who were carrying around old dual discs from the 2000s and they were cheering on whenever Kaiba whenever Joey whenever Yugi showed up on screen and then the duel happening that was awesome that was like one of my favorite movie experiences yeah that, that's great like you know, when you are you know that's the great thing about the you know they talk about like oh, where a cinema is going to be like you know in the age of the past you know, the, after after the pandemic and things like that, like you know, well, if you create, like, if, I mean, whatever, whatever you may think of Gentle Minions or whatever you may think of, like, you know, Minions: The Rise of Crew. I mean, the fact that it tells the origin story of Crew, like, and it's uh, it's all the fans who originally grew up grew up with it, and uh, you know, or like have you know childhood you know experiences with it, and then also you know things like Gentle Minions comes out of that, and you know they all go there and they all get really hyped up because you know they're going to see something that you know of their favorite. Uh, movie or their favorite series or their favorite intellectual property and they're going to see something you know like that tells the origin story of that they're going to be hyped for that yeah like, like I mean uh, people were like dressing up as superhero characters when Avengers Endgame happened so yeah. yeah that stuff is exciting that gets people saying hey I went to go see a movie surrounded by a, a bunch of other people who are very excited about a 
just as much as I am. The experience was awesome. And I'm sure the experience for you watching the Simpsons movie was awesome. And it was, actually. It was. But I think in regards... Now, you know, 15 years apart, I mean, I've got to be honest with you, it, the Simpsons movie is somewhat still a face in the crowd now, given all the crazy stuff that's happened in the Simpsons recently. Yeah. And, like, and that's just stuff I've heard about. Like, you know, I haven't even actually probably watched the Simpsons, like, you know, since Who Shot Mr. Burns. Yeah, yeah. We, we, so, we, 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 we've talked about, about that. this as well. But, um, yeah, but, you know, like, uh, cinema, the cinematic experience, I think, is still very important. I think when it comes to, like, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, the Simpsons movie, whether it's the Bob Burgers movie, when you, ju you justify a movie's existence by saying something amazing is going to happen in this movie that you've not seen yet in the television show, or something in the television show has been building up towards this movie, and you've got to pay this money to go and see it. And mm -hmm. that's how you get people to it. And also, and on top of that as well, you're putting them in a room full of other people who are going to be excited about that. Like, uh, here's the thing. Imagine if we get to the very last, you know, TV special of the Owl House. Like, you know, how fun would it be if we got, you know, Morgan Terry, uh, you know, um, Johnny's Fire, to, to Johnny's Fire uh, you know, not so average fangirl, uh, you know, um, various other people who do currently doing the Owl House reactions. Imagine if we got everyone into a room to sit down and watch it on a big screen and, like, you know, there's, like, either a big, massive fight between, you know, um, uh, you know, King and this collector kid, whatever, uh, yeah. if it is, or, like, there's something like that has been building up in the in the previous specials, and then we build up to this point. Uh, imagine how, I mean, the one thing I'm, I'm thinking that might happen is that, you know, in the... Um, Seconds, the last one is like they might just you know uh, resolve it all like uh, within a small period of time. It's like oh you know that's a cute little loomity slice of life <laughs> thing you want to do like, like we're gonna give you that now. Woo! Like, and yeah. everybody was gonna be crying. Yeah, exactly. Like, Morgan's gonna be breaking down. Yeah, it's like oh good grief. <laughs> Not so average fan girl's gonna be screaming her lungs out. Exactly. So. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, so um, yeah, yeah, but uh, again, I think I probably made my point. I think uh, pretty I much think you this, made your point. Uh, yeah. Thing. yeah. So. Okay, so, um, yeah, Simpsons movie, I mean, if you haven't seen the Simpsons movie, definitely go watch it's it. It's on Disney+. Plus. It is on Disney+. Plus. And uh, if you want to watch, uh, I mean, would, I, I don't think you even need to, I, I think you would need to see, like, a few episodes of the Simpsons to get maybe, like, proper context as to who the characters are, but, um, yeah, I, don't, I think that this is an easy movie for people to get into. Yeah. Okay, um, Steam, Epic, and other websites are now banned in Indonesia, and uh, this took a lot of people by surprise uh, when when this happened. So, um, a bit of background. Apparently, uh, from what I understand, and maybe I might not be understanding it uh, all that well, but uh, apparently, a lot of these websites should have like signed up to some kind of like you know government like. Uh, um, you know, um, authentication thing yeah. or something like that. I don't actually know like uh, what it was, but uh, apparently these websites apparently did not either uh, did not uh, go to uh, these. Uh, so the, uh, to all this, I'm, actually, I'm, going to, I'm going to read this out now. So Indonesian government has blocked access to a range of online services, including uh, Steam, Epic Games, PayPal, and Yahoo, after uh, companies failed to comply with the new uh, requirements related to the country's respective moderate, uh, moderation laws, uh, according to this. Uh, in the lines of the rules, companies deemed, uh, quote-unquote, private electronic system providers must register with the government's database uh, to operate in the country or otherwise face a nationwide ban. Uh, Indonesia gave, uh, gave companies until the 27th of uh, July 
to comply with uh, to comply and has since banned those that haven't. Uh, the requirement is an, uh, uh, is an overreaching law called MR5, which was first introduced in 2020. Uh, as noted by Reuters, um, the law gives the Indonesian government the ability to obtain data sp about specific users, as well as to, to coerce companies into removing content that, uh, quote-unquote, disturbs public order or is, or is considered illegal. Um, platforms that have uh, four hours uh, to get... Uh, get four, platforms get four hours. Keep this in mind. Four hours to take down urgent removal requests or 24 hours in the case of other content. Oh, wow. That's... I mean, like, uh, I mean... Don't get me wrong, like, you know, if uh, something like you is illegal online and, like, you know, it should be taken down pretty quickly, I mean, yeah. obviously, I'm all for that, but, I mean, like, uh, I don't know, like, you know, four hours, you know, like, or, like, uh, you know, um, you know, 24 hours in case of other content. Like, you know, it's just, it's, uh, I mean, it's, uh, I can probably imagine, like, you know, take it with it down within 24 hours, I could probably understand that. Sure, but, sure. I mean, like, uh, yeah, four hours. That's too quick. I, I don't know. Um, uh, 2021 reports uh, from the Digital Rights Group to Electronic Frontier Foundation called Indonesia's laws, uh, quote-unquote, invasive of human rights and to put the platform at the mercy of the Indonesian government, uh, which uh, will ban them if they're not in compliance with local laws. Earlier this month, the EEF uh, penned a letter to the Indonesian Ministry of Communication and uh, Information urging the government to uh, repeal its, uh, quote-unquote, invasive content moderation rules. So, um... Yeah, so basically, I mean, uh, they've already been getting around. By the way, you know, these things do not work. I'm sorry. Like, all you're going to do is inconvenience, you know, uh, people already. Like, you know, they're, they're now going to have to, uh, you know, uh, you know, what James Rolfe and, like, you know, all these other, co you know, uh, YouTubers now are doing. Like, uh, they're... ExpressVPN. Uh, ExpressVPN or, like, you know, NordVPN or, like, any of these VPN providers. They are now advertising, saying, oh, hey, we've got this software that, you know, you can make yourself where, you you know, you don't have to be in Indonesia. You can be in America or you can be in Eng England or you can be in a different part of the world. Yeah, yeah and like, oh, I can't watch this movie in America, but if I switch over to Australia, I can, can watch, watch it. it. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, people are, people are, you know, already one step ahead of the government. And so, like, uh, they're going to get these, uh, you know, they're, they're going to get these VPNs and they're going to get right around the... Uh, the walls and things like that, and uh, you know they're going to get to watch whatever they want or get to play the games that they want. Yeah. So I mean, like uh, you know, uh, they've uh, they've already like uh, pretty much lost the uh, uh, lost the, the, the you know the horse has gone well. You know they, they've shut the shut the they've shut the gate when the horse has already bolted. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and, and let's be honest. I mean, we already know about how you know. Oh, if we're not going to be able to get this right away, then we can just um, look up online, and you know, uh, other countries can be able to provide it for us. I mean, we already know in Reddit that you know. Various things from, you know, Owl House episodes, like being removed on Disney Plus in the Philippines or, you know, being altered. It's like instead of them, uh, you know, Rain being they, them, it's he, him. Or, oh, instead of Lumity being confirmed as like, um, you know, a couple, they're like, oh, but they're just really, really close friends. Or instead of saying... Sailor well, Moon you, all over again, isn't it's it? It's the Sailor Moon crap all over again. Yes. Instead of, you know, um, Amity saying, will you go out with me? It's, do you want to get dressed up and travel together that bullshit yeah, exactly and so um, there's been an update to this story actually uh, PayPal is now unblocked for five days and uh, Valve is actually working to, on uh, complying with Indonesia's requirements oh so. goody I mean here's the thing about this like I don't know what uh, that's going to entail I mean like uh, one thing they're going to have to do is I mean to uh, if they really uh, want to uh you know, um, I think they probably like will like allow like games to be downloaded and stuff like that. But as far as like you know, uh, community posts and things like that, I think uh, they're, I don't think they're going to get that uh, unless they you know get VPNs to like you know get through that. I don't think they're going to allow that. I mean, I can't imagine how that's going to be practical. I don't know in regards to that, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. 
But uh, yeah, um, bad move Indonesia. That's all I can say. Like it's just it's uh, this is all it's going to do is just you know is uh, make people irate and uh, think that uh, you know uh, yeah not only get, that they're going to get their favorite content no more yeah and uh, you know they're just going to pirate this stuff. Let's be honest. I mean you know this kind of ban is going to increase piracy. I probably will. So. Okay, um, moving on. Um, Nickelodeon experience uh, was taken. Mind you, we uh, would. I, Patricia, I mean, you wanted to talk about the Nickelodeon experience. Yes, I and, did. I, and I didn't because, you know, this is to a 6 to 11 demographic. And, you know, like anyone who's listening to this show, I mean, like, it's either um, people from Gen Z who want to basically know what happened in yesteryear, like you're from two, you know, old fuddy duddies like us, who, like, you know, who lived the, you know, the 80s and the 90s and stuff like that. Yeah, and, like, uh, back in my day, uh, we didn't have Henry Danger, we had Snick. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And so, um, more of that kind of stuff, like, you know, from a 90s perspective. Exactly, that, that, yeah. that, So, I mean, six to, the 6 to 11-year-olds really isn't our audience. It just no, isn't. No, it's not. And, but yeah. I'm just furious with the fact that Nickelodeon treated the uh, the family audience so poorly. Yeah. And I, and I just want to let them, you know, know if they're even listening, which I doubt they are. But that you cannot do that. I mean, if kids want to be able to see SpongeBob and Paw Patrol and Henry Danger, you should do it with the utmost quality. I mean, Aaron and I, we have been watching for the past week the engineering store uh, the, the imaginary engineering story. story yeah which is basically you know the the guys who are involved in the disney theme park the imagineers yeah the imagineers where they were talking about like you know over 70 years of them working passionately about updating the theme parks and you know putting in the philosophies of what walt disney would do and basically just caring about what the audience wants and they were you know did like tons of research and were able to get like a whole team together so that they can be able to put in the details of the art design and the um, how the ride works and everything. And, you know, Nickelodeon had that with Nickelodeon Studios. And I guess the closest equivalent would have been either the hotel attractions or Nickelodeon Experience, which is basically like okay, we're going to have this nice outdoor event where you get to meet up with your favorite characters and you get to have a whole bunch of, you know, games and you get to buy, like, a whole bunch of, like, really nice uh, gifts that are Nickelodeon exclusive. And, you know, this is fun for the whole family. And they were traveling around. They started off in Edinburgh in Scotland first, and then they went over to Manchester, which is nearby where, where we are, and then they're going to go over to another location pretty soon. So when I read yesterday that the Nickelodeon experience was a, total disaster where parents are complaining saying that they were ripped off with what they were able to give them I had to talk about this. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, I mean, like, it's just to say that uh, the reason why we didn't weren't originally going to talk about this is because, you know, 6 to 11 demographic isn't our thing. But, you know, there are some families who actually are, you know, taking their kids over to this. And they're sort of kind of in our, in, in our, well, I mean, because they're in our, their 30s and probably in their 40s. Yeah, exactly. So they're around our age who grew up with Nickelodeon just as we have. Yeah. And they want to be able to bring their children along. Again, going into the Disney World thing. I'm sure that, you know, generations uh, of and kids. And also, keep this in mind, like, the parents themselves, also be nostalgic for Nickelodeon too. Exactly, exactly yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I mean, Spongebob has been around for over 20 years at this point, so they probably had nostalgia for that too. Yeah, and but even then, like, you know, uh, there was the there was the original three. There was like, you know, Rocker's Modern Life, you know, uh, uh, Doug. No, 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 it's Doug, Rugrats, Ren and Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy, yeah. So there was like, you know, there was the uh, founding fathers of like, you know, Nicktoons. That's, you know, everyone grew yes, up yes. with. Yes, yes, if like, there's the a Mount Mushmore, we have Doug, we have Tommy, and we have Ren and Stimpy. There you go. Yeah. There's our Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so uh, yes, basically from what we heard according to various articles. So I'm just going to read off some quotes of what they said. So uh, the family... Whatever fest- you're talking to the microphone, babe. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. So um, 
It opened on Manchester last week, and according to uh, various people, um, they were saying that the prices of the tickets for you know to go in are as follows. So a full price ticket for children ages four and over are twenty nine fifty, and adult tickets start at nine fifty and under two it goes for free. Food and drinks is four fifty for a cappuccino, seven for a hot dog, seven fifty for loaded fries, and a SpongeBob toy on sale was forty pounds. And then there was apparently from people who were saying that they were there wasn't a lot to do, and um, then there were people who were saying that there was still a bit of an inconvenience. So uh, Rachel Halewood, who posted this on the Facebook page, said it was awful. As a family of four, we paid one hundred pounds, and there was literally nothing to do. You just pay to park on a field, and then you walk fifteen minutes to the event. We went for mainly Paw Patrol and Henry Danger. Paw Patrol characters were great, but we had to wait a half an hour in line to see them. A Henry Danger maze which was also pointless one food stall for the whole event which we didn't even end up going to because the line was too long 17 pounds for two slushies we went to the gift shop barely anything there soft small plays for i'd say under one is they were that small my six-year-old was bored because she had nothing to do so god knows what a seven to 14 year old does so disappointed and so are my kids i felt robbed yeah it's just it's uh, once again it's more embarrassment for nickelodeon like it's just it's uh you know they they they, they should have really done more with this event like you know uh, what i mean is paw patrol and spongebob are like you know okay they're, they're your big things but like you know you could have easily like included other stuff i mean henry danger was also in that too and, and so was teenage mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, like it, but uh, you know, it was. Uh, it's it's. You know, it goes, where, where's, the, where's, where's the other stuff? Where's I mean, if you yeah, I mean, exactly. if you could have included like the newer stuff, like okay, for example, um, where's Big Nate? Where is Middlemost Post? Where's its pony? Where's the Loud House? Exactly. Yeah, like you know, they, and also also uh, keep in mind that you know, uh, Lacrosse's Gandays is still also uh, you know. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, it. even though the show was canceled, there's still new episodes but, that are being aired. Yeah, exactly. So like you know, they still exist, and so I mean uh, the fact that it is something so small and charge so much money for it like it's just it's uh, it doesn't even seem, seem worth it yeah i have some more to read so samantha charter said that she was outraged she took her four-year-old and 11-year-old to the event on saturday afternoon she said it was such a con with huge food prices i felt very strongly about warning others about how much of a ripoff this event was and the poor quality and lack of what's there it's the worst event that we've ever been to and then um mraf89 on twitter said if you're thinking about going to the nickelodeon experience in uh, manchester don't save yourself the uh, entry fee and watch spongebob in your garden in the rain i was hoping for a fun day and couldn't have been more disappointed the absolute cheap of what they were charging for generally the worst event that I've ever been to. There were two-hour queues for the inside events and an hour and a half to have your photo taken with the Paw Patrol mascots. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle part was four tubes for kids to crawl in the round, but they all kept getting stuck because there's a no-way system. The whole thing was absolutely abysmal. Uh, and and it pretty much everybody just said the um exactly the, 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 same, the thing. same thing yeah, over, over and over and over again. again. Yeah, it's just it's just again like you know Nickelodeon embarrassing themselves and uh, mind you like uh, maybe they gave them some more time in the ball pit. Maybe they wouldn't complain so much. Yeah, and, and this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, you missed that joke, didn't you? 
the ball pit. Yeah, like you know, remember the uh, Tumblr uh, event that they, Tumblr tried to do like an event, and uh, barely anybody turned up, and like there's like a ball pit like in the middle of that, and they said, uh, uh, I think to make up like you know the lack of things, they said you know I will give you more time in the ball pit. <laughs> No, I didn't hear about this. Uh, okay, yeah. Anyway, but um, no. So this thing is actually lasting until August 3rd. And so, yeah, I would say um, if you are planning on, uh, you know, whatever that you're doing this weekend, I mean, or maybe you're not doing anything because you're listening to us. But if you are in Manchester, UK, and you're planning on taking your kids somewhere, don't take them to this. Yeah, like, it's just, it's, uh, I'm hearing from people's experiences of this, like, it just, it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem worth it for one. Like, on top of that, I bet, I bet you, you could probably, like, you know, buy Nickelodeon merchandise, you know, cheap, cheaper online. Than oh, yeah, absolutely, do. yes. Yeah, and also, there's probably more, you know, there's more variety, probably, you know, watching Nickelodeon itself than actually, you know, actually going to, or well, go to an event for them, but, uh, Wow, th- yeah. this is, this is really bad. I mean, I mean to be fair, like, you, they can't control the weather. I mean, like, the weather was not what they were complaining about. Exactly, yeah, but, I mean, but I always like say, oh, you watch like you know Nickelodeon you know in the in the rain and stuff like that like you know unfortunately Nickelodeon can't control the weather but yeah, I agree with them like you know um they can't uh you know, Nickelodeon need to do better like uh, this is not good enough no and, yeah. absolutely not and they're thinking about traveling to Europe and other locations to have the same thing for people to complain about apparently from what I'm writing um you know reading um Edinburgh's complaints were the same thing that they felt that they were completely ripped off as well so yeah, I think you need to get your shit together. Go back to the drawing board and see what you can be able to do. Cut down the prices, include more characters, include more stuff, and that way you can be able to justify saying, hey, you know, why don't we have this fun event for the families to take their kids, and that way we can be able to, you know, justify saying, hey, um, you know, Nickelodeon is a place for kids to have fun with. But no, you're just basically, you know, just increasing the disappointment, and you're just getting the parents to say, Man, I could have done this, uh, you know, this whole uh, family activity thing elsewhere. I don't know if you, uh, I mean, like, uh, I don't know what the hotel business is like. Obviously, they they built loads of hotels. Oh yeah, they? they've like, done a know, ton of hotels. Is, is it like you know? Uh, but in regards to live events, I mean, they just don't seem to be able to find the mark. I mean, do you remember the? You know, but I remember back in the day when um, uh, Rocket Power was, uh, you know, uh, becoming a, a yeah. show. And uh, the, to uh, promote that, they basically did like you know the the, the Rocket Power like you know live you know uh, skate rollerblading. I remember, show. yes. Yeah, and they did that like you know, it was so poorly attended. Like yeah, I think they. Only like you did a couple, and then after that, they just gave up because they just couldn't make any money out of it. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, it does. Re- when, when did that come out? Actually, oh, that was uh, that was a while back ago. I was probably into, probably late, early two thousands. I think probably mm. was. Yeah, probably. I mean, I think it was around the time in which, um, even though that rocket power was still out, uh, I think that it was kind of working around when the skateboarding craze just kind of died out too. Yeah. Anyway, but um, also in addition to that, I mean, like you know, Nickelodeon has had the Super Toy Run, and they've also had like Nick takes over your school so they've had stuff like that but you know when it comes to like events like this i mean they just don't seem to hit the mark very well yeah so it it just again it just basically you know is a poor imitation of what disney's able to do and a lot better mind you yeah so uh, unfortunately you know (laughs) so yeah for all the people who are saying i want to see nickelodeon studios come back and so do i i mean i have fond memories of it and i was even a part of the reopen nickelodeon studios facebook page at one point but you know, if they're doing stuff like this, uh, yeah, they shouldn't. I mean, that's why Universal, I mean, Universal is kicking their ass. It's like, oh, you know, we're going to have Mario come in. And, you know, Disney is like crushing them. It's like, hey, we have this new Moana attraction. We have this new Princess and the Frog attraction. You know, that cool Tron ride that's from Shanghai is going to come over to Disney World. It's like, that stuff is awesome. But no, Nickelodeon is like... uh 
here we have two-hour waits to meet up with the Paw Patrol characters and overpriced um, food and drinks and... Uh, you have to park so that you can be able to walk to where you need to go to, and you still need to pay for that. So, oh, God. The, the more that I'm talking about it, the more that it just makes me more angry and disappointed. Well, tell you what, then. Shall we move into something more exciting? Yes, let's do so. Okay, John Romaro, who is the creator of Doom, or co-creator of Doom, is announcing a new first-person shooter. Now, uh, we don't have much information about it. Uh, we don't know, like, uh, what it's going to be, but uh, he has put uh, a uh, tweet out saying that, uh, exciting news, uh, I'm working on a new FPS uh, when we're hiring. Uh, visit RomaroGames.com and check out our careers page uh, for uh, uh, hashtag game dev uh, hashtag game dev jobs so he says uh, join the team it's a new dawn from Romaro games uh, we're working on we're working with a new publisher to develop uh, John Romaro's next shooter an all uh, new FPS with an original IP our team is expanding and we're looking to for talented people for uh, positions and all experience levels uh, particularly those with Unreal Engine 5 experience so uh, visit RomaroGames.com for listings so uh, they're going to be developing something in Unreal 5 by the way I've seen Unreal Engine 5 it's, it's glorious wow. and, like you know and it, is, uh, it works on the fact that like it doesn't like work on like individual like you know when you zoom out like you know it limits like the amount of pixels that you see and so like you know it works on like it's, I'm not saying it's like N64 fog or anything like that it's, it's way better than that mm -hmm. uh, but so you know you can just see the amount of detail if you've not seen the, the, the uh, demo um footage on Unreal Engine 5, I'd definitely tell you to check it out because it's, it's going to be something else. And if uh, John Romaro is going to be developing something in Unreal Engine 5 and is going to be uh, using all its capabilities, I think this is going to be something really exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, John Romero's studio. I mean, this is after he broke up with John Carmack and he decided to start off his own uh, game studio. Uh, I think the first time that he tried to, you know, make a, a first, per you know, kind of like a ma massive, you know, shooter game was Dai Katana. And that turned out to be a massive failure. And I think in and out, he was trying to, like, you know, build his reputation and, you know, releasing various video games. I mean, the last uh, game that was released was Empire Sim, and that was not looked upon very fondly. So, um, you know, the fact that uh, currently, um, in addition to this new FPS, whatever it is, he's working on Sigil 2, which is going to be working on the Doom 2's engine. So... So, yeah, I think that uh, the fact that he's really hyping this up, let's just hope that it doesn't turn into another Dai Katana. Yeah. Well, um, here's the thing, like, you know, is, is a guy who's worked on, you know, first-person shooters in the past. I mean, he, he, create, he helped create Doom. And I think, yes. you know, I think that is uh, definitely a... He helped a create Wolfenstein. He helped create Doom. Doom. Yeah, yeah, so he, basically, he knows what he's doing. Exactly, yeah. And so, like, let's see who he ends up in his uh, team for this. And, uh, yeah, let's uh, see uh, when he wants to develop something. Let's see a trailer, and uh, let's see if we can get excited about it. So. Well, we'll see. Cool. Okay, uh, so we also, this is uh, something that, I mean, I think I wanted to talk about, but uh, you didn't particularly want to talk I, about. I wanted uh, to find something else, but since we really just didn't find too much to talk about, we were like, okay, let's just add it in. Okay, so uh, Dwayne Johnson, if you put him in a movie, he will make you money, and uh, then you'll end up paying him a lot of money, and uh, that's usually <laughs> how it works. Uh, so unless, unless you have, like, the Tooth Fairy. Yeah, <laughs> no, so, I mean, Tooth Fairy was a long time ago. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, like, uh, unfortunately for Dwayne, um, this is basically going to uh, uh, have a bit of a problem because um, DC League of Superhero Pets has only grossed, I think, uh, the last time we checked, was about $25 million at the box office. Now, I've not done the latest count, so I don't know what uh, uh, the latest uh, figures are uh, but at the moment, but uh, I think we can definitely say that. So I think Minions is uh, kind of, like, running yeah. Yeah, yeah. Basically, this is this is what it was uh, in terms of like all the animated movies that came out after Minions or even shortly before Minions. Lightyear. Okay, here comes Lightyear. Here comes Minions. 
crush. Yeah. Okay. Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank for Nickelodeon movies. Well, okay. To be fair, this, to be fair about that movie, that was in production hell for a yeah, long time. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, Nickelodeon movies released it, and that's like their only animated movie they're going to release this year, as far as I know. So here comes the movie. Here's, um, gr- uh, you know, Minions Rise of Gru crushed. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, you know, here comes this movie that's out, uh, DC Superheroes League of Pets. Oh, you know, we have a DC animated film and it's going to be focusing on Crypto's a Superdog and all the other pets. Here is Minions Rise of Gru. Crush. Crush. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So basically, this is like what? The third time but, that putting putting Rise of Gru aside, like this is Dwayne Johnson. This is the this is the one guy that everybody pays a cinema ticket to go and see. And here he is in a movie and it's not pulling Money. That's pretty. That, that's some red flags there. I think for uh, for Dwayne Johnson. I think in that regard. Now you know, like uh, maybe uh, I'm interested to say if uh, he does get you know ask, ask questions about it. You know, well uh, later on, like you know, why did uh, DC's you know uh, why did the Super Pets movie not make as much money? As he's Rise probably going to blame it on. He's probably going to bl- bl- blame it on minions. I, I don't. I don't know. Like uh, we'll, we'll see. But I mean, in regards to uh, there's like you know this is not you know uh, this is not good news for him. In regards to that, yeah, now he I, might write this off and like saying, you know, "Oh, it's just you know, it's just it's just a side movie," you know. Yeah, like, exactly. It's just a side movie waiting for Black Adam, and yeah. uh, reviews of it are not looking very good. According to the Guardian, they're basically saying, you know, that it's not very good. They're basically just uh, saying that. Uh, Dwayne Johnson voices Superman's best friend in a mirthless mess of an animated superhero spinoff, and they gave it one out of five. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, the Roger Ebert website, however, I mean, you know, I know that Roger Ebert's not writing this, but his team are. They gave it a three and a half stars, saying that it's a very vibrant and colorful film. So there's that. And a lot of others are saying like, oh, it, it's very cute and it's very fun. But then you have The Independent, which basically says that... A DC League of Super Pets is nothing but a corporate team-up movie made of nothing but Lego Batman scraps, and they gave it a two out of five. Yeah, I mean, like uh, the consensus on Rotten Tomatoes is, although it's a, uh, although it never quite soars, DC League of Super Pets is more than a satisfactory diver- di- diversion for families uh, in search of uh, four-legged fun. And so, yeah, it's like it's it's just a movie you take your kids to see. Yeah, if, if you want to, I mean, man, like what has been out in 2022 in terms of animated films that like. You know, a lot of people have been really talking about other than like turning We spend more red. time talking about the animated series than we actually have talking about movies. Yeah, really well, think exactly. About I it. mean, we, we, we talked about um, turning red this year. And yeah. that was probably like, I mean, we, uh, to be fair, we haven't seen um, The Sea Beast, which is out on Netflix right now. And um, let's see if there was any other animated films. Oh, yeah. Uh, Marcel, the, the Half Shell, which I've heard some really good things about as well. I haven't seen that movie either. And... Uh, everything else has just been like, okay, here comes, um, you know, Lightyear, which we thought was a bit disappointing. And, oh, here comes Pause of Fury, Legend of Hank, which was like just a movie that was like 15 years too late. And, oh, um, you know, here comes uh, DC Super Pets, which we've seen the trailer of multiple times because we saw this when we went to see uh, Lightyear and we went to see um, other animated films that had this very trailer. And it was like... Oh, you know, here's this fun little movie, and it wasn't that very impressive to well, be quite honest. Well, I've got a list here of, uh, let's have a look. I'm trying to make sure I put this in the right order. So in popular, in regards to popularity, I okay. mean, like, okay, actually, we'll put it in user racing, actually. User sure. racing probably might be more. Yeah. Okay, so um, here is, uh, as you know, this isn't very, let's, let's put it in popularity. So here is the 10 most popular animated movies in, uh, tw- in uh, 2020, 2022. So right, shall then? I give you the list and yep. see what there is? Okay, so number 10 is Luck. 
Oh, wait, is Luck even out? Uh, I don't think it is as yet, no, but uh, apparently he's getting some notoriety at the moment. So Okay, so uh, yeah. maybe some maybe some um, early uh, critics have seen it already. Okay, number nine is uh, Dragon Ball Super, Superhero. Which, that movie is out in Japan, but it hasn't been out in America yet. We literally just got the trailer for it, but, you know, again, like I said before in the San Diego Comic-Con discussion, that this is a movie that features Gohan as, like, the main hero. It's not Goku. And people are like, yes, Gohan, yes! <laughs> so... Uh, I definitely want to see where they take the story, but okay. yeah. Yeah, number eight is Chippendale Rescue Rangers. We haven't seen that movie, but there's been it's been split. Be, be, yeah, be, people have like I think people on Twitter have been you know, saying to me, you know, which you should definitely you know, at least uh, you know, not not whether I'd like it or not whether I think you should probably watch and talk about it. So uh, I mean, I'm waiting to catch up with Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Like I'm watching like the original the, show yeah. before like I start getting an idea. Like you know, the, so getting an idea. Like, okay, where so we you were. have been requested to talk about this movie. I have been requested to talk about this movie. All right, so, then. So I, I wish you the best of luck. Okay, then yeah. So we'll we'll get there eventually. Uh, number Number seven is Pause of Fury, Legends of Hank. Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, number six is the Bad Guys. Okay, I've that, that's DreamWorks' newest film, and I've heard really good reviews on it. Okay. But we both haven't seen it yet because when um, w when I arrived, uh, it was not in theaters anymore. So um, th there's it, it's been long gone since then. So we're just waiting for it to come out on a streaming service so we can both watch it. Yeah. Number five is the Bob Burgers the movie. Okay. So um, spoilers, by the way, we have both seen this movie. We since. have seen this movie. I mean, we're, we're we are going to be talking about Bob's Burgers at some point, and uh, we'll definitely let you know more information about that when. We get to it. Yes. So. Okay. Number four is Super Pets. Uh, yeah. yeah. Moving Super on. Pet. Yeah. Number three is Lightyear. Oh my God. Lightyear is number three. Yeah. Uh, number two is Minions Rise of Gru. Yeah, exactly. And number one is The Sea Beast. Okay, so yeah, like I said before, The Sea Beast is um, the Netflix film, and I've heard some really good reviews on that, and um, I, I, I definitely want to check it out myself, but wow, no Turning Red. Yeah. So t Lightyear beat Turning Red in terms of like... Well, the popularity in, the popularity, in regards to IMDb. Yes. I mean, by the time we probably get to the end of the year, maybe that all might have changed, but... Uh, yeah, we'll, that'll, we'll that'll be, oh, that'll be a really interesting topic when we get over to the end of the years. Like, which animated movie out of all of these is going to be nominated for an Oscar? Yeah. Anyway, in regards to Super Pets, I mean, like, right now it's 72% uh, it's on, on Rotten Tomatoes, so, like, it's in it's in Crystal Skull territory for us. Yes. So, I mean, like, depending it doesn't, like, fall any further down, any further down the list. Yeah, line, yeah, but, so, uh, who knows? Uh, if we, if, imagine, if, the audience score right now is 89%. So, like, so that's, uh, that's that not is, bad, actually. Yeah, that is not bad. So it's still within Crystal Skull territory. So if it does stay around the 60 to 70 range, and if we ever do a theme month on superheroes, then that could be something we can talk about. Yeah, definitely. And finally, um, it is the birthday of, uh, well, this week is uh, the week that uh, George Jetson of the Jetsons will be born from the original TV show, The Jetsons. Well, so, technically, it's today. Today, actually, yeah, I chose we were recording this. So, like, uh, um, so uh, the Jetsons, I mean, um, it definitely was, uh, I mean, they did the Flintstones. Well, no, 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 yeah, so basically, um, they did the Jetsons around the 60s, yeah. and then they did the Flintstones. They, I think it came out in the same year, 1960. No, no, the, the Flintstones was definitely the first animated show that came yeah, out yeah, on television. Yeah, yeah, the Flintstones is first, and then the Jetsons came out shortly afterwards because they both came out in, six, uh, yeah, so uh, Jetsons came out in 66, Flintstones came out in 64, I think. So, yeah, this was basically like the futuristic version of the Flintstones in which is like, wow, you know, Flintstones is becoming like a really big cultural icon. It's like, you know, we have the first animated sitcom, so let's do the same thing, but now we put it into space. Especially, it, it would have been a big deal because, you know, space was like, 
like really big back then, especially with the land, you know, and uh, they were like doing the preparations of like, you know, um, you know, the astronauts going up into the moon like a few years later. But unfortunately, it was pretty short lived and uh, didn't really um, last for very long, uh, unlike the Flintstones. But then it came back in the 80s, about 20 years later. And yeah. that's when... Um, more people started watching it. Mind you, like uh, this, this, this show wasn't without its controversy because uh, there was uh, in 1963, Maury Amsterdam and uh, uh, Pat Carroll uh, each uh, filed a twenty thousand, uh, sorry, twelve thousand dollar lawsuits against uh, Hanna Barbera for breach of contract, claiming that they were being uh, cast and signed to play the roles of George Jetson and Jane Jetson. Respectively, uh, although their contracts uh, stipulated that they would be paid uh, $500 an episode uh, with a guarantee of uh, 24 episodes of work, uh, they recorded only one episode before being replaced. Uh, several sources claim that uh, that change uh, had occurred as a result of a sponsor conflict between Amsterdam's commitments to the Dick Van Dyke show and uh, Carol's uh, Make Room for Dandy. Uh, the, room for Daddy. Uh, the case had been uh, closed in early 1965. In an early 2013 interview, uh, Pat Carroll in in indicated that the court had ruled in favor of Hanna-Barbera. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, like, uh, so yeah, it was. Um, there was all sorts of things going on behind the scenes as well in regards to, like, you know, uh, how how the show was produced. Yeah, but, it it did become a, a bit of a controversial thing, especially with the the fact that um, you know they were thinking, you know, that Hannah Barbera was going to take care of them and they they were going to be like these these staple characters, but it turned out that it didn't. So instead, uh, George Jetson was voiced by George O'Hanlon, and Jane Jetson was voiced by uh, Penny Singleton. So, yeah, I, I guess. Uh, you know, that put aside, um, the Jetsons was kind of like, you know, they're, you know, Hanna-Barbera's way of like looking into the future is like, oh, look at all this technological stuff. And, you know, look at all these things that we might be having. We might be having like uh, flying cars and, you know, we get to be able to speak to people over the phone and we have like robot maids and we have like, you know, fills that are uh, uh, meals that are prepared uh, really quickly. So, yeah, um... You know, I think the great thing about it is that it, it, it put humor into these things. Like, you know, it's like, oh, here's all these things we have in the future, and like, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, and here's uh, how, uh, you know, inconvenient some of them can be are. Like, you know, like uh, the dog, you know, like in the end, of, like at the end of the show when they have, like, the dog walking, you know, uh, treadmill, and, like, you know, it can, like, go crazy and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and then you have the trademark of... Hey, Jordan. this crazy thing! Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, like, uh, it's just that it was, not only was it, like, poking fun at, like, the fact that this is what we're all going to be doing in the future, but this is how inconvenient, like, all these future things could be. Yeah, and, and it's supposed to take place in the year 2062, so, yeah, we still have another four years until we get flying cars and walking treadmills so we can take our dogs out, because apparently we will, uh, everything that's down below is just destroyed. Exactly, like, uh, but find you, like, uh, the, the fun thing, fan theory that they all come up with is that uh, the Jetsons, I think, was probably the thing that came first, and that the Flintstones was the thing that came next, because the Flintstones is actually in the, in the post-apocalypse. Exactly. Yeah. And, and then, but then we had the TV special, which was part of the Superstars 10 lineup of the Jetsons meet the, the Flintstones. Flintstones. Yeah. And so, um, just, just before we get into that point, just focusing on the, like, you know, the show itself. So you had Mr. Spacely, who was like, you know, the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the, uh, small beastly boss of like, you know, Spacely's yeah. sprockets. And, uh, then you had his rival, uh, Cogswell. It was, it was the, uh, Cogswell Cox. Exactly. And so, um, and George always would play them off against each other, or they would like, you know, they have their own rivalry in that mm -hmm. regard, and things like that. And so, um, so there was the original 1960s show, yep. which uh, has its, uh, you know, um, has like, you know, its, um, you know, its uh, aesthetic and things like that, and like, you know, it's, uh, I think, it's more admired, I think, by start by fans of the Jetsons than say the 1980s version that then came out, you know, about 20 years later. And uh, because, I mean, the um, the, the other one, like, uh, once again, it kind of like did like the thing of like, oh, hey, here's this cute orbity character that, you know, what was thick in, like, you know, hadn't learned their lessons from Gazoo. Fuck. Uh, yeah, exactly. And
And so um, uh, various appliances also were kind of like updated, like, you know, to, to be the 1980s as well. And yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And, and then they made Judy Jetson as like, oh, I'm going to be like uh, this typical teenage girl who likes, uh, you know, rock bands and boys and stuff. I mean, she was like that in the 60s version as well, but they really played it up in the 80s. Yeah, well, I think they had to because I think, uh, I mean, uh, I mean, can we, uh, a lot of people still remember Judy Jetson, you know, like if having that spunk. So like, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of people like related to her, you know, be, you know being that, you know, that rebellious teenager. Yeah, and they so. even had a movie dedicated to Judy as well. Yeah, exactly. So, um, also there was um, there was the infamous Jetsons movie. That, oh God, yeah. yeah, the the one that George O'Hamlin had a heart attack while you know recording the voice of George Jetson of. So yeah, yeah. he basically died during production. Oh boy, like uh, that was uh, that in itself was a pretty horrendous movie. Like, uh, I mean, I, I still can't remember. I mean, it, it had like a really forced in environmental message, and uh, then he had like you know things that were like you know had, like these cute little aliens that were like, trying to disrupt like you know. Yeah, like, I mean it was basically like you remember dinosaurs you remember the abc sitcom in which they had an, the, the last episode literally was about oh we're going to destroy this forest so that we can be able to make wax fruit and oh it just turned out that the the, the forest that we destroyed had these uh creatures that actually ate the plants and now because there's no more of them the plants are taking over everything and now we have um you know we have to basically uh make clouds so that we can be able to make rain and now we're able to not make rain because it actually blocked the sun and instead is making snow and everybody died. So you want to talk about an environment message done right? Watch the last episode of Dinosaurs. It'll make you cry, actually. Yeah, exactly. And so it's just it's uh, on top of that. Like uh, I'm just looking at like uh, the critic score for it as well. Like it's just this. Um, I mean the uh, the general consensus of it is like, it's, it's, it's really bad. Really and and bad. The, the the gall of it is that they actually replaced Janet Waldo as Judy Jetson with Tiffany. You know, mm. Tiffany, that one girl who sang that one hit wonder song, I Think I'm Alone Now. They ba and, and even like um, voice actors, whenever that you listen to them on Talking Tunes with Rob Paulson, where he, even Rob was saying, like, it's Janet Waldo. Why would you replace her with Tiffany? She's already great. And, you know, she would play the character for decades. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, yeah. And so, um, I mean, the last uh, appearance of George Jetson that I can recur was like when he was in, when he had that cameo in Harvey Birdman. I remember, uh, so, yes. Yeah, it's exactly. like, you know, I come from the futuristic year of 1999, and then he looks at his calendar and it says 2000 and, well, no, 2002, and then he looks at his calendar as 2004. Exactly. So. Yeah, but the, the t technically the last thing that the Jetsons were a part of is um, when they paired up with the characters from WrestleMania. Yeah, so. You're, yeah, you remember those uh, yeah, WrestleMania? Yeah, I forgot about that, actually. Yeah, you, it was this, there was this thing where you know WrestleMania actually collaborated with like Warner Brothers, and there were two Scooby Doo movies. There was one movie that had um, the Flintstones. There was one that had the Jetsons, and then there was another one that paired up strangely enough with um, Surf's Up. You know that Penguin movie? Yeah, I remember that. Like, but uh, yeah, good grief! Like, you know, it was uh, yeah the Jetsons. You know, were in a Robo WrestleMania. So like, uh, I've not seen that movie. Actually. I have not seen any of the, you know, Hanna-Barbera meets up with the WrestleMania characters. So. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if we would want to either. Uh, I mean, so. my friends uh, Y-Boy and Nero have seen them, and they've actually talked about them on their um, Watching Stuff series, so go listen to that if yeah. you want to know more about the context. I mean, especially since
since they are experts at Scooby-Doo, since they've seen every incarnation of Scooby-Doo. So, yeah, go listen to them talk about it. Yeah. So, while you're doing that, uh, you can uh, wait for us uh, to produce the next episode of Aaron Patricia. So, uh, that's going to be coming up next week. But, uh, yeah, until then, uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, checking us out this uh, week. And um, enjoy the rest of your week. Take care and bye-bye for now. See you later.